Since the Starfield Direct aired, a lot of ink has been spilled and a lot of debates have been swirling about 30 FPS versus 60 FPS. And I even did my own coverage about it, sort of breaking everything down. There will obviously be more coverage about this, more breakdowns, even Digital Foundry has kind of you know, combed over every square inch of the Direct looking at maybe some of the performance issues. Now, that will be part of this discussion because I still think, and I do want to argue, that Starfield could win Game of the Year. The Starfield Showcase was so compelling that I'm even considering upgrading and beefing up a PC just to play the game in the way that I prefer. And most games will not get me to do that. I just don't prefer having to go into hardware upgrades or messing around with drivers. I know it's not that complicated. It's just not my preference. I have very limited time so i would like to recap everything that i saw in the starfield direct that i think actually pushes this into a category of it could win game of the year but we also need to ask some questions can it overcome 2023 and player expectations i believe overcoming these things is necessary to win 2023 game of the year and i do think the way that players look at games now is quite a bit different now i put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go searching for it this is a longer video because i do an opening monologue and then i discuss it with the audience Can Starfield win Game of the Year in 2023, even in spite of all of the debates and the discussions surrounding 30 FPS and 60 FPS performance? I actually originally stated during the Starfield Direct that if they could nail performance, we could be looking at Game of the Year. This could be a game that really captivates people in a special way. Even in the aftermath of the debates and the arguments about 60 FPS versus 30 FPS, I actually still believe this thing could win game of the year so the first thing i want to do in order to establish this is kind of recap what stood out to me in the starfield direct everybody is obviously going to approach this game very very differently there's lots of freedom there's lots of things that you can do and there's going to be different approaches to the story and to the rpg elements and exploration and there were certain things that i really think that stood out to me this could be another skyrim moment for Bethesda. There already, I think, something about this game. There already is something that is truly compelling, and you can sort of see that in the way that people talk about it and in the way that people debate about it. So I really want to talk about that secondly, how I do believe this could be another Skyrim moment for Bethesda. Third, I want to ask the question, can Starfield overcome the performance hurdles? Can it overcome player expectations and what gamers expect in 2023? Will gamers be as forgiving now as they were in the past? And lastly, I do want to conclude that it can win Game of the Year if a handful of things take place. But I also want to conclude that it won't win and it shouldn't win if certain conditions are not met. So first, let's just recap the direct and what really stood out to me. Now, before I get into specifics and elements that they actually went into detail that really took me by surprise or that I saw lots of depth and potential in, I just want to say big picture. The gameplay and the gunplay looked vastly improved. This was probably the biggest standout for me as a big picture perspective on the game. Building a good RPG was never really in doubt in my mind. Both Skyrim and Fallout 4 were fantastic from an RPG perspective, 
in my opinion, but I definitely had my doubts about how good the gameplay and the gunplay would feel. In a similar vein to how I talked about the Final Fantasy 16 demo, I sort of anticipated Bethesda building a game that just wouldn't feel as good even if it had really great systems within it. A good example would be Fallout 4. There's good systems there, there's a lot of playability and replayability, but At some level, it just doesn't feel that great to shoot and handle the weapons in that game. Now, obviously, we haven't played this game yet, right? But after playing shooters for 31 years, I can typically get a feel for if a game is good or not just from the footage. Case in point would be Redfall. I knew that game wasn't going to feel good as a shooter. I knew something was off just from the gameplay footage. But the Starfield Direct has me saying that Bethesda didn't just set out to make a good RPG. They set out to make a great shooter. This certainly amplifies my desire to play at 60 FPS because a lot of the gameplay and the gunplay was really fast and snappy. Many people dismissing concerns about 60 FPS are saying, oh, it won't matter in a game like that. I don't feel we watched the same Starfield Direct. I thought the gameplay and the movement was very quick and very good. It looked fun, but that's the kind of gameplay that will suffer if there's a lack of fluidity and smoothness. This type of gameplay appeals to me. That that type of shooting and, and running and dodging and even the jetpacks, I think that really, really is fun, and I think that always is better at higher frames rates. This leads into one of the things that I do want to talk about from the direct that kind of got my attention, the jetpacks and the planetary gravity. First, I think it's cool that every planet will have different gravity levels. I think that's pretty awesome. That's always something that I thought was cool how No Man's Sky handled every planet being different and feeling different in gravity in Starfield will add that extra layer of uniqueness. Now, some may find this annoying, but I think it's a great aspect of making it feel like there's this large sense of scope and sci-fi immersion. But the jetpack gameplay and that movement with the jetpack really sold me. It looks fluid. It looks fun. It really complements the gameplay. It looks solid. And it also has me debating if I want to play first person or third person. I really enjoy third person action adventure games, but I also really enjoy first person shooters and the jetpack kind of gave me some of those combat sequence vibes from action adventure games where you can see your player. Obviously as a fan of shooters the other aspect that really stood out to me from the Starfield Direct was the gun customization. Now my hope would be that they only scratch the surface with what they showed. Larger mags, explosive rounds, suppressors. These are all all pretty standard affair when you think about gun modification. Even if it's not super complex or deep, being able to kit out your guns exactly how you like is a nice capstone to the skills, the skill trees, the abilities, and just the weapons in general, especially the movement. And I think this is tied, the ability to customize your guns, is tied to your skills, your traits, and your background. This stuff always excites me, but it also makes me a little apprehensive, especially since Bethesda emphasized that we will never know when certain backgrounds, traits, or skills will come in handy. I was already impressed with their approach to persuasion this time around. I've never really done that. I'm not a dialogue tree guy, but it can be a little paralyzing to have these this many choices in front of you just when you start the game, knowing that it will impact your playthrough. 
Then beyond your character, the guns, building your skills, the ship customization I thought was quite impressive. Pulling from shacknews.com, you can build your ship from the ground up, placing and designing everything from the cockpit and cargo holds to the weapons engine and landing gear. You can also purchase ships from ship technicians, customizing them to your liking. Now, I did not expect there to be fleets in this game, like having a ton of ships. Given the, the, the expense of editing your ship, I thought you'd have one, right? I thought everything would sort of center around one ship, sort of being an extension of your character. It was actually really cool, I think, to see external ship design featuring different things. There was the one person in the direct where she was like, oh, I like to make my ships look like animals, but I thought the interior customization is what really got my attention. More from Shack News. Interior ship customization allows you to add areas for crafting, storage, weapon display, and more. There are living quarters, mess halls, cargo holds, and control rooms. This just continues to make me want to build the Starship Enterprise, maybe even build a Millennium Falcon. It's going to be hard to choose between which gameplay and which type of person that you want to be, and the ship could obviously be an extension and an expression of that. I will even say that ship combat is still a big question mark for me. I never really enjoyed it in No Man's Sky. I never really thought ship combat in No Man's Sky was that great. I'm actually curious how much ship customization will play a role here. Will it have a huge impact on agility and power and fighting skill? Will it be slow and clunky? The footage looks promising, but it's harder for me to judge ship combat footage. Like, I can judge first-person shooter footage a lot easier, but ship combat, I'm not really in those games. It's harder for me to judge those. Lastly, the cities, the planetary exploration, and the animals, alright? First, it seems like a lot of time has gone into the cities and the NPCs, right? I know people will continue to make fun of the NPCs, but for me, a game of this scope and size, I actually think the NPCs looked quite good. I believe NPC design, dialogue, quantity, and freedom have to be considered. In this genre, I do not expect NPCs to look much better than they do in Starfield. There's a lot of automation they can't individually render and animate every single scene of dialogue they have to automate a lot the similar automation and facial expressions were seen in hogwarts legacy and i don't think it hurt that game whatsoever second planetary exploration now i'm actually hoping that the freedom to land anywhere leads to dynamic and an expansive experience they do show that you can choose to land at designated like sections places outposts but you can also just put a flag anywhere you want and just land right there. That could easily translate into a giant waste of time, but it could also be really, really fun. That is something very special, I think, about No Man's Sky. It's executed differently. You do you fly down and you know you find where you want to land, and in this game you're gonna do it beforehand. It also felt like the planets they showed were a lot more populated. There was more plant life, there was more animal life than we saw previously. Some of this is probably related to not being able to hit 60 FPS because there's just so much on the screen. Not every planet's gonna be barren. I know people continue to run with that narrative. I think they do a good job of sort of educating you on what's there before landing. They give you the info before you land. I think that's going to be a huge aspect of space travel and exploration. You're not going to be like landing on a planet and be like, what a waste of time. There's nothing here, right? Now, I do want to talk about the animal and the creature diversity. They do show quite a bit of it in the in the direct. And I obviously remember when we were playing No Man's Sky and there were some of those nightmare moments, the RNG that would sort of put the animals together and they would look kind of derpy and kind of terrible. This to me looked a lot more handcrafted and honestly, I thought some of them looked really cool. 
and that all was just what stood out to me. There might have been things that stood out to you, like the stealth and the sneaking around and being a pirate. Like That stuff is there for people that enjoy that type of gameplay, but the stuff that stood out to me was everything I just listed. And in light of all this, I do think this game could be another Skyrim for Bethesda. Skyrim doesn't just loom large in the Bethesda catalog of games. In the scope of video game history and RPGs, it stands incredibly tall. And I think there are three categories where Starfield's sort of checking a box that could give it the Skyrim status for Bethesda. The first category is size and scope. The second is longevity, and the third is freedom. So first, let's just think about size and scope, right? The world size of Skyrim at the time was, for many, almost overwhelming. I remember that sense of, there just certainly can't be more, and then I would find more. It truly felt the closest ever that I've seen in a game where you're like, this game is never-ending. At the time, it really felt that way. And when we think of the size and the scope of Starfield, I can't help but see and think of Skyrim and how it felt the first time I started exploring that game. A game that just seemingly doesn't end. But it's more than just the sheer raw size. The scope of the game reaches beyond just lots of places to go. Two players can have a vastly different experience even if they find the exact same planet. Obviously, Skyrim had a true sense of discovery, but as time went on, you knew everybody found the same troll found the same cave the scope of starfield far exceeds anything we've experienced in an open world rpg up to now it is ambitious in this regard and i think that's worthy of note and that ties to the second category longevity obviously a game like skyrim can be played and replayed 10 times over but starfield truly feels like a game that has limitless potential for playthroughs and this is before the modders work on any of their star wars or star trek magic on the game this certainly touches on some of my desire to see co-op or multiplayer added to the game i I see this as a perfect game for ongoing content and experiences but i get why folks push against it they'll say look just give me a great single player rpg with tons of replay value and it honestly is hard to argue against that given all that can go wrong with multiplayer and online play but underneath the size the scope and the longevity is the one key selling point to a game like Starfield, the freedom. Anything that stood out to you in the Starfield Direct is touched by this, okay? Skills, gun modding, ship customization, exploration, story, decision-making, all of it is touched by freedom. To a certain degree, the size, scope, and freedom this game offers might drown somebody in choice paralysis, or, or even futility. One of my earliest criticisms of No Man's Sky is it almost overwhelms you with its daunting and seemingly insurmountable size. What helps Starfield in this regard is the story and the linear undercurrent. You can depart from the straight linear line as much or as little as you like, and that's the best kind of freedom in my book. It keeps the game from becoming an aimless and somewhat meaningless sandbox. Sandbox games certainly have their place, but RPGs like Skyrim and Starfield bring a feeling of importance with characters, stories, and choices. In light of all this, I do have to ask the question, though. Can Starfield overcome player expectations in 2023? With games like Fortnite leveraging their engine to hit 60 FPS on old consoles, more and more gamers are expecting better FPS in games. You also have to consider that the top 15 most played games on Xbox, according to their own website, are all 60 FPS games. You really have to hear that. The top 15 most played games, according to Xbox's own website, they're 60 FPS games. 
So the question is, are player expectations going to be too high to ignore the 30 FPS? We can all pretend that Gotham Knights or Redfall were taken to task simply because they were bad games, but the bad press, the negative PR, and the anger from the public was before those games even launched. And while gaming Twitter and YouTube and Reddit are not representative of the player base at large, passive expectations from gamers I think have been raising. It's easy to see. More and more games are coming out that hit 60 FPS, and Xbox themselves promoted FPS boost. It was a big feature. How many people went back and played old games at higher FPS? And Fortnite cannot be ignored in this equation. Getting 60 FPS on old consoles for that many people who play shooters, not that Fortnite's crowd is going to be drowning and swarming into Starfield, but that's a lot of gamers who have experienced 60 FPS more consistently. So I believe there are two significant hurdles for Starfield to jump over in order to get that prized Game of the Year title. And I think the first is 30 FPS. Once folks have adjusted to games at 60, they may feel the game looks blurry or it looks bad. Now this is purely subjective. This is not an objective statement about Starfield. That's one of the things you have to consider. There are plenty of gamers who used 30 FPS and they're used to it. They're, they don't see it as a problem. So obviously if this king can hit consistent 30 FPS, many people might just overlook it or say the game's too big and fun to care. The second hurdle, I think though, which is tied to this, is overall performance and bugs. We already have breakdowns of Starfield Direct from Digital Foundry pointing out frame drops and issues with performance. Bethesda games of this size certainly are not immune to bugs and performance issues. For anyone who either doesn't notice the 30 FPS cap, maybe you're overlooking 30 FPS, performance and bug problems could be a deal breaker. Matt Booty has already said the game is going to ship with the fewest bugs possible. He says if it ships today, it would be the fewest bugs in a Bethesda game ever. Hopefully that's not some cherry-picked stat, and it's representative of the final product. Now this leads to my final thought. This game can win Game of the Year if, if, I think it can if, I definitely think it has to overcome more than conversations on the internet. If Starfield truly delivers the next big RPG, I believe it can win Game of the Year. It'll be be doing things and standing out in a way that other games simply are not, especially this year. There's some heavy hitters, but they're not necessarily being as ambitious as Starfield. This thing has to jump over those hurdles that I already outlined. Performance issues, bugs, and 30 FPS. Inconsistent FPS, along with bugs, will not be as overlooked as it was in the past. And I'm not talking about review outlets giving it a 9 or a 10 like they did Jedi Survivor. I'm talking about players, right? The people who can refund the game on Steam. The people who can give Star Wars Jedi Survivor a 68% on Steam. You can't win Game of the Year if that happens to your game, no matter how big and expansive it is. The players at large have different tolerances and different expectations. And beyond Steam, this is a Game Pass game. If it's buggy, if it's struggling to perform consistently, folks will just stop playing and move on. Xbox has fostered that mentality in a lot of their player base. That's part of the value of Game Pass, isn't it? If the most popular games on Xbox have 60 FPS, 30 FPS may be a quick turnoff. And since it's a Game Pass game, it's easier to put down and walk away. Somebody might say, that game looked kind of blurry if they've been coming from something else that's at 60. They may feel that the game is stuttering. 
or having some kind of problems. And that's even if it's consistently at 30. There's speculation that it might even struggle in that regard because of the sheer size and scope of this game. When you're this ambitious, performance is going to be a challenge. You can say it has the least amount of bugs, but if it has inconsistent performance, a lot of Game Pass users are not going to overlook that. They'll simply overlook the game. Even further, I don't necessarily think that it won't win Game of the Year if it has lots of performance issues and bugs, if it can't even maintain the 30 that they're promising. I don't think it should win Game of the Year if it has large-scale performance issues or bugs. Similar to how I approached the Final Fantasy 16 frame issues, because, listen, they set the bar really high, and I said, this should be addressed before it launches. I don't think this should launch with these problems with the way they promoted it. Starfield's sort of doing the opposite. You know, Final Fantasy 16 walks out, talks about how amazing this game is. It's going to show off the power of the PS5, and then it has some performance issues in its demo. We're being assured those those the issues are being resolved, but Starfield sort of did the opposite. At 30 FPS, you're setting the bar awfully low. And if you can't deliver consistent and unwavering 30 FPS on the Xbox Series X, then you don't deserve Game of the Year. Now, people will point to Zelda and the frame drops in Zelda, but if that's your argument, if you're going to defend Starfield on the Series X, I just can't tell you how bad that makes your console look to use Zelda on the Switch. Think of how far the platform and Xbox first party games have fallen if that ends up being the case. Not only are you accepting 30 FPS on a box that boasted 60 FPS standard output with up to 120 FPS being possible, but you'll be defending dropping below 30 FPS on a next-gen console, and you'll be doing that by referencing a non-next-gen portable system that launched in 2017. So, can Starfield win Game of the Year? I believe that it can, but it has to jump over some fairly large hurdles in order for that to happen. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion. The the more I've thought about everything that is contained in the Starfield Direct, I actually get more excited to play the game. The Starfield Direct really sold me on this game as an RPG, as a shooter. Okay, The seemingly endless ways to play and replay the game will likely lead to long-tail engagement long tail discussion similar to Skyrim right the scope and the freedom the game offers seems almost unheard of where we are right now in this place in time in gaming similarly to how when Skyrim landed it was like this is unheard of nothing like this has ever really been done before now folks will point to earlier Bethesda titles like Oblivion but Skyrim was truly special it delivered something that is in the realm of gaming historical the question is though Will all that scope, will all that freedom, will that be enough? The second thing I want to say is, many gamers and fans are already saying that yes, the game itself offers more than enough to overlook 30 FPS, but I'm curious what threshold will people tolerate? How many gamers will feel they're overlooking 30 FPS only to encounter other issues? And will the rising tide of player expectations drown out the quality before gamers even get going? The expectations of gamers seem to be accelerating and increasing, not lowering. So here's my conclusion. Game of the Year discussions right now are obviously very speculative, and the entire discussion is largely subjective. But as far as I can tell, it'll be a fight all the way to the finish line. Zelda already feels like a distant memory for many. I myself put Zelda down due to playing other games, and they're performing at a level that made it really hard to go back to 30 FPS Hyrule which is part of why I'm considering a PC upgrade for Starfield. 
That alone speaks volumes about the game's potential and its draw. The question is, will the volume be loud enough to drown out the competition? And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here for today's discussion. I know there's a lot of stuff swirling about the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X. We are wanting to do ample amount of research into what has been said. So I will not be discussing that today. I want to make sure we properly track the history, the marketing, and everything that's going on with that, and some of the quotations that are coming out. So if you're here to, and you want to ask about that and talk about that, I will uh, I will not be discussing that today so make sure you hit that like button give that like button a smash we're already off to a nice strong start almost 600 people here we should easily have 200 likes let's get the sub goal the member goal started every 25 members and i gift five back thank you guys so much for watching over there on kick as well you like my shirt thank you it's from 80s tees always remember to use my code over there and i do have someone to thank here for a super chat it looks like it is a $20 super chat anything else but not Zelda for game of the year please good adventure but the graphics are just horrible Uh, it would just reward Nintendo for using decade old products I you know in the game of the year discussion like I'm obviously not going to besmirch Zelda but at the end of the day it is just Breath of the Wild 2 and for me Starfield's far more ambitious and, and far more I feel like it's going to be a historic game in the way that Skyrim was, right? I do. I think that's going to be a a, a moment that we look back on and say, man, Starfield really made a huge impact in RPGs. This guy is right that they just need 60 FPS to have a chance. I will also stand by that. However, Spider-Man 2, the first one, got Game of the Year, and they're also bringing in new advanced features. I don't think Spider-Man 1 won Game of the Year. The first game? I don't think so. Unless you're talking about Zelda. DK Baker, always so faithful, punching that gifted member line. Thank you so much. One gifted member to kick the day off. Thank you, sir. It's a simulation game more more of anything else. I don't know why people keep attempting to reclassify Starfield. I don't get that. This is not a simulation game. This is an RPG space exploration shooter. Like, the fact that people continue to try to act as if this is just, oh, well, this type of game, it doesn't really matter. I'm like, we didn't watch the same Starfield Direct, if you think that. We didn't watch the same presentation. Because I was blown away by the depth that they put in with the shooting, with the movement, with the jetpacks, with all of it. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this looks this looks like a really really strong shooter. I was convinced that id software cuz we heard that id software helped out. I was convinced they helped with the shooting cuz the shooting was so significantly better than everything we had seen up to that point. I'm going to refresh chat. What is going on right now? There we go. My chat was not loading. I was like no one's talking. There we go. There we go. Lorenzo got the gifted membership. Thank you so much. Welcome everybody in. Good to see you, Web Dave. Uh, hey, Lono, if you are planning to upgrade your PC, get a good processor since Starfield might be CPU bound more than GPU bound. Yeah, that's what we're hearing. We are hearing that it is more CPU bound, so that would obviously be a consideration when I'm when I'm upgrading uh, a rig or buying a new PC. Parasito says, I think Starfield and Zelda could both be considered ambitious. The difference is that Zelda had a much lower ceiling and still managed to do extremely well given past standards, unlike Starfield. 
my issue with my issue necessi- with Zelda isn't even necessarily about performance. It isn't. I'm just being consistent. I think brand new IPs should have an advantage in the contest. I do. I think brand new IPs should have a leg up. I think sequels should have to do way more. And Zelda is great. And Zelda did amazing things. And I, I still think it's the front runner for game of the year until some of these games come out, right? Final Fantasy's not out yet. Starfield's not out yet, right? These other games have to come out. But it ultimately is building on the past game. Much of Zelda is right from the last game. The the, the movement, the, a, the, a large portion of the weapon pool is stuff from the last game. A large portion of the map is stuff from the last game. And that has to be considered. It really does. You know, I think that's something that's going to make it difficult for Spider-Man 2 to be considered game of the year. I think many people will say, well, the map is twice as large. Okay, but it's still going to probably lean on a lot of the map from the first game, both Miles and and Spider-Man. And that has to be considered. When we're talking about game of the year... And you have games coming out like, and and I go all the way back to when I was really irritated at Returnal not getting a nomination or Ghost of Tsushima not winning. I'm being consistent here. It's like when you're a sequel, man, oh man, I think it should be a lot harder for you to win game of the year. And if there's a year that we could say is a tough year to try to win game of the year, this is one of those times. Final Fantasy 16 looks insane. Zelda was crazy. Starfield looks insanely ambitious. Spider-Man 2 looks awesome. Armored Core 6 looks awesome. Hogwarts has already come out. There's a lot of games. Even Diablo 4 Story could likely get it up on the podium. This is not some light year. And for a year that's this competitive, and a year that's this crazy, to give it to Breath of the Wild 2, this is the section that kind of blew me away about creature design, the animal design. I wish I would have had this time stamped. It's really hard for me to switch scenes and switch to different parts of the video but when I was talking about like the animal and the creature design it was this section of the Starfield Direct that really took me by surprise like I feel like they really put a lot of energy and effort into crafting really really cool just species to be discovered I think it looks very nice Hogwarts Legacy is bigger and better game than Zelda Every time you're going to have these discussions, it's obviously very subjective, right? It's very, very subjective. Everybody's going to see things di- from from different, a- excuse me, from different angles. John L. Brokey coming in with a gifted membership. Thank you so, so much. But the more I look of the more the, the more I look at the way they set up, you know, the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. The more I'm like, I don't know. Should we really, in a year where Final Fantasy 16 and Starfield come out, should we really give it to Breath of the Wild 2? Like, really? They copied a lot from No Man's Sky? I don't know. (sighs) Yes and no. Here's the thing that frustrates me about the No Man's Sky comparisons, okay? If you're a huge fan of No Man's Sky, then go ahead and make those comparisons. If you've never touched No Man's Sky and you're one of the people that consistently hated on it and called Sean Murray a liar and even to this day, you know, you you have you, you don't really have a whole lot of high praise for No Man's Sky. Suddenly trying to invoke No Man's Sky as like the standard or, you know, you don't have this level of 
like you have build freedom in No Man's Sky, but not like this. This looks very, very different. This looks far more, you know, sci-fi driven, realistically driven, and the scope of being able to put thing in the terrain. Hopefully, it's not glitchy and buggy because that's one thing that always goes wrong in No Man's Sky with like putting locations is just terrain itself. Like you can see even here, you're having issues with it being too tall or you know terrain you know causing issues. But if they can pull this aspect of this off. I do think this is one part of the game that I, I believe a lot of people will spend time in. And comparing this to No Man's Sky, I do think No Man's Sky is just a very, very remarkable game and that they've basically made a sequel to their own game. The original game is nothing like what you play today. But this looks... I mean, I'm not trying to fanboy. This looks like it's at a bit of another level. <laughs> a bit of another level of, you know, what you can do. I'm seeing one-to-one similarities, but they're still different games. Right, like, I don't know exactly how you would distinguish flying and landing and gathering materials, right? How many games are you going to gather materials with a pickaxe? You know, how many? They, they couldn't do this. They couldn't do that in this game. Using a laser to mine for materials? I don't even know if we would say that that's original to No Man's Sky, I, I don't know what they people expected you to do, like land on a planet and what, get out a shovel and you start digging beneath the earth. Like, come on. That, that, I, like, I, I think that would, there was unavoidable similarities. But right, this is this here is where the game is going to stand out in my book. This this stuff here is the stuff that you cannot do in No Man's Sky. You do not have this level of customization RPG. You do not have this level of combat. This right here is one of the reasons why I think people trying to act like, oh, this is just a sim game. This is just a simulation game. It, you know, who cares about FPS? Are you kidding me? Look, look the the are, are you looking at the combat? Are you looking at what this gun is doing? Are you looking at what this gun is doing? They set out to build a very, very good weapon system, a very strong gunplay system. Look at some of this stuff that you're doing. Come on, man. That is not... That is not some, like, low-key, super-chill RPG. Like, look at this little montage they do with the gun. A $2 tip from Nelson. It, 30 FPS is Xbox problem. Look at that. Look at that. It's an Xbox problem, not a Starfield problem? Who told you that? Who told you it's an Xbox problem, not a Starfield problem? Because Todd Howard said it was to protect Fidelity... And, and Phil Spencer says it's it was a creative decision. It's not a platform problem. An $8 tip from Schism. I want to upgrade my PC for Starfield. I have a Ryzen. Uh, you got a bunch of stuff. Can you recommend? I have no recommendations. I don't know anything about any of that stuff. I, I don't even know what you're... I, those things that you just typed, I don't even know what they are. I'm not a tech guy. I am, I am the last person to ask tech questions. As someone with 200 hours in No Man's Sky, I do see a lot of similarities between it and Starfield, namely the mining and the scanning wildlife. Biggest difference I see is combat. Right, and it's really difficult to know, Techno. Was there really any other way to do scanning an environment without it looking like what No Man's Sky is doing? Right? Is there any other way to do it? I just don't know using a camera to scan something and it tells you what it is are we going to say no man's sky was the first game to do that are we i'm fairly certain i played games like far cry before i played no man's sky and you could use binoculars or cameras and you could scan an area and it would tell you what everything is 
it, it, that the evolution of that idea of like, oh, you can look at things, scan them, and it tells you what they are. That's not original to No Man's Sky. Now, obviously, the implementation and how it scans. But again, those types of scans and those types of pulse waves, the, the, the pulse animation was very similar to what we did in Division 1. If you remember Division 1 and the pulse scan you had in that, I played plenty of games with, with scanning an area, scanning terrain technology that largely looks similar to what we've seen in No Man's Sky. So it's showing up suddenly in in Starfield just I, it's not a, it's to me it's not alarming or like you know oh man I can't believe they're doing that I I think that's pretty that's pretty standard affair in a sci-fi game you know scanning came in like Metroid Prime yeah there's been so many games that have done that kind of scanning an area scanning terrain scanning animals I think there's some concern is that No Man's Sky released in 2016 it had previews going back to 2014 and 15. The influence is undoubtable. Sure. I will never, ever doubt that these guys at Bethesda saw what the folks at Hello Games were doing and said, man, you talk about space exploration and sci-fi, those guys over there are doing some really cool stuff. You know, good artists steal. You know? Good artist steal. So there isn't a doubt in my mind that there's influence, inspiration, and maybe even a little copy pasta, right? Where'd you get that shirt? This shirt comes from 80stees.com. It does have a back to it. I don't commonly do that. It does have a back to it. So you can get this at 80stees.com. Just use code LONO. It supports me and it'll get you a nice discount. Yeah, the Assassin's Creed effect. Exactly, Paul. You know, I, I I don't I don't feel like that is uh it, 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 to me it doesn't feel like something unique like that I haven't done before. But there's no denying. I I think you'd be a fool. You'd be a fool to deny that there isn't some pretty heavy influence between Starfield and No Man's Sky. And I think that that's totally fine. I think if you're going to make a game like this, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have those similarities. I, I, I think it's unavoidable to a certain degree. I was really impressed with Starfield, but it's just too massive. I've never even beat Skyrim's campaign. I doubt uh, I doubt most people will ever beat this. Do you think its large scope could hurt critic uh, game of the year vote? No, and I'll tell you why, Shelly. I think that's a really good question. As far as we can tell, there is a very linear campaign story-driven experience in Starfield, okay? We know that. And if that's... I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the review outlets, that's what they set their sights on doing first. Playing through, doing the story, picking a faction, you know, going to all the different cities, going to all the different locales. I I think that's going to protect it from... I remember saying this about No Man's Sky. I remember before No Man's Sky came out saying... That I was worried No Man's Sky would drown people in a feeling of futility. That, you know, 18 quintillion planets or whatever, you, you can't even necessarily intellectually grasp that size. It's so big. Like, a thousand planets, you can visualize that to a degree. That you can imagine that within a certain approximation of understanding. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, a thousand planets. But No Man's Sky was always like, I don't know, I think that game's going to drown people in futility. 
And if you think about it, what has No Man's Sky done ever since its inception? They've tried to make the game more approachable, more enjoyable, but they've also created content loops that create more of a cycle. They create more of a a contained thing. As opposed to feeling like, yeah, I'm just exploring a never-ending universe. I don't necessarily think that Starfield is going to suffer from choice paralysis or, uh, you know, I don't, there's just too much to do or I'll never see all of the planets. I would imagine that most people can just enjoy this game playing, just playing through the story, playing through the campaign. That I actually, I praise that actually in the show open. I said, I I think that's one of the things that's going to help this game is that you're not going to feel that sense of, oh my gosh, there's just too much to do. It's too daunting. You're not going to be drowned by futility or paralysis. You'll be able to actually take a, a very point A to point B direct approach if you'd like. I, 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 th- I think so. I think that, that that would enable people to to enjoy the game. You look weird saying you want this game to fail. Who are you talking to? Who's saying that? Are critics getting the full experience if they mainline it? I guess it all depends on how much they get before the review deadline. Well, that see, that's a, that's a question though, Shelly, is everybody's different. I believe there are people that will play the game in that way and they'll have a perfectly fine time. They they don't need to do all that exploration. They don't need to become Captain Picard. They don't need to become, you know, Han Solo. They don't need any of that. They'll they'll enjoy the story, they'll play through, they'll interact with the NPCs and they'll be good. He's talking to Veter. What is Veter saying? I just want this game to fail. 30 FPS in 2023 on the Series X is unacceptable. If people accept this, what prevents other studios from doing the same? No way. Right. I don't necessarily know if that conversation is that clean, Veter. And I, you know, wanting a game to fail, I I obviously never want to wish a game failure unless, like, it's, it's done something to deserve it. They, they had ambitions... And they had views for their game. I, I honestly think a lot of their ambitions and their views of this game and what people would accept is seven or eight years old, you know? I think that's where a lot of it was born, and I don't think back then uh, I don't think back then people thought about it that way. I don't think it's acceptable either. Like, I don't think it's acceptable. I don't want to play a 30 FPS game on my Series X, but I'm not going to wish the game failure. Like, well, I hope the game fails. That's that's not the... That's... I don't know. Eugene says, it's not weird. Nothing wrong with hoping the game isn't received well because you don't want 30 FPS to be considered acceptable. I hope Gotham Knights failed too for the same reason. Um... This is taking an interesting turn. I mean, I definitely think within the landscape of gaming wanting games that push out what matter to me wanting those games to succeed and wanting a game that doesn't push out what I what I want to see I, I could see saying I would much rather have games that push performance that push frame rate I want those games to succeed games that push you know fidelity and features and all these bells and whistles so you end up with a game that runs like garbage 
you know, I, I could see saying, I don't want games like that to succeed. I don't want games like that to be the standard. It just, like, I, if you come at it from an intellectual or economic standpoint, then I'm on your team. It, like, if you're being toxic, it will go, hope the game fails. That, that, I guess that's, that's different. But if you're saying, look, man, in the grand scheme of gaming and the gaming conversation and the gaming market, I do not want us to go back in time. This was supposed to be the dawn of FPS mattering, and going back in time is a choice. It's not a necessity. This argument that all the consoles are having a reset right now, like, you know, Destin reacted to, oh no, it's Alex's video about this. And he used some type of a phrase like that. Like, oh yeah, consoles are going through a bit of a reset. I don't think so. I I think people are trying to come up with excuses and and they're trying to come up with reasons why this is okay. You can, you can, listen to me, listen to me. You can look at a game of this size and scope and you can say, I'm totally fine with 30 FPS. I'm totally fine with it. And I even think if they can nail... If they can nail consistent 30 FPS, I think this game is a game of the year contender because I think I think the review outlets and I think a large portion of the player base will overlook it. I think the portions of the player base that won't overlook it, sadly, I don't know if there's enough. I don't know if there's enough because at one level, Eugene made this point, I included in my open. The top 15 games on Xbox are all 60 FPS games. Xbox promoted FPS boost. So it's hard to overlook that player expectations, they might be different now, right? Player expectations might be, I don't know, man, this looks kind of blurry. This looks like it's kind of struggling. This doesn't feel like it's performing all that well. So I think game of the year is possible for this game if they can nail constant stable 30. If it drops below 30 or there's performance issues... I don't think people will tolerate that at all. I think there's going to be a portion of the gaming market that's going to say, look, man, I was willing to overlook 30, but my gosh, like you can't even maintain that. You're having problems. That'll be the breaking point for a lot of people. You also have to remember this is a Game Pass game. Yo, what's good, Cat? Cat, you are so generous and so kind. The stuff that you sent, all that stuff that was so awesome, that massive game called Descent... My kiddos and I played it last night. They were loving it. It's super complex. It took us like two and a half hours to get it set up. The campaign's still running though, because you like it saves the campaign on the iPad. So we're gonna play more tonight. So just I wanted you to know, Cat, we were playing that last night and they were loving it. In terms of economy, Starfield on PC at 60 plus or a GeForce Now 60 plus uh, is an option. The issue is there. Uh, the issue here is console marketing and console weakness. Uh, but not everyone can afford a high-end PC. Ginger, I, 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 I think, sadly, I think you're being presumptive. We don't even know if this thing's going to have consistent 60 on PC without a very strong rig. The way that Todd Howard talked about it, I don't think this is a console weakness problem. I don't. I think this is an ambition problem. I think they went crazy amb- ambitious. Would love a review of it after you have time to play. I'll let you know, Cat. I already have a few quibbles It be- because it is just so insane. It's one of those games where I think we're going to have to play through it like a handful of times before I even have a firm grasp on it because it is mega complex. There's a lot of moving parts. There is a lot of moving parts. Which is, you know, good and bad. But sure, I will let you know what I think. 
Another gifted membership from DK Bager. Gifted members are kind of chilling over here. It's a slow start to the 25. Every 25 members and I give five and DK Bager's reminding everybody about it. Eugene says the recommended spec is comparable to a Series X. Right, Ginger, consider that. The recommended PC specs for Starfield is comparable to a Series X. That's another question I have about Game of the Year. Consider this, guys. And gals. Consider this. Starfield Game of the Year. Is it possible? It's bigger than Game Pass. It's bigger than Xbox. What's the PC community going to think about that? I don't I don't know where the PC community lands on this subject. Are they going to boot this game up on, you know, 2080 rigs and have comparable CPUs? Most people that have a 2080 aren't going to have some monster CPU. So, it stands to reason that a lot of the people that play this on 2080 rigs and down, that's 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 a massive amount of the PC audience. The recommended specs on Steam don't say you're getting 60 FPS. That's right. John L. Brokey says, I'll punch that one more time. Puts it to four. One more for five. That's a nice layup. Russell Stewart gets the gifted member. Did you watch the dudes from Digital Foundry talk about the FPS? They actually kind of defended it saying they had evenly timed frames then it then it would be just fine. Yes, but both John Linneman and Alex have come out from Digital Foundry and said they are they, they were not defending Starfield. That's a misrepresentation of their position. They have not been defending this game. They are simply saying, given the size and scope, we understand why they have to cap this. But then they point out all the problems and all the frame drops in the footage as well. Anybody summarizing Digital Foundry's video as defending Starfield is fundamentally misunderstanding what those gentlemen are doing they are not defending this game they're saying we understand from a technical perspective why this is necessary even John Linneman himself said higher frames is preferable I'm just genuinely curious what the PC community will think PC will be fine since none of the other game ports have run well either Okay, but hang on a minute. What's your logic? OPEC, is your logic that, well, all these other games have been ported poorly as well, so people will tolerate it? I don't know if that's necessarily true. And guys, I agree with Ginger. We got 800 people here. Make sure you are smashing the like button. We should have well over 300 likes. James Carr is going to renew his membership 10 months, and it's a VIP+. plus. Welcome back in, James. When it's Elden Ring versus God of War Ragnarok, there's only really two vote choices, realistically. This year, I believe not only is a vote for Zelda a vote for Zelda, but a vote for Diablo is likely a vote for Zelda 2. I don't understand what you're saying, Shelly. I'm 100% in the ambition camp, says Sid. Perhaps there was too much fluctuation in the FPS for them to justify... I'm leaning towards it being a combination of hardware and ambitious. Yo, James Carr! He almost always does that. He renews his member, and then he drops a gifted on the chat. Five gifted members takes us to nine on the day. That's so kind. Thank you very much. He didn't mention PC at all. He said everything else you said minus the PC port. What's Jaggy saying that you're you're reacting to? Nope. Uh, 11 months of membership from Patrick Q. Yikes, it's been this long. Your boy's getting old. Thanks for keeping me sane at work all the time. 
Diablo could get a nomination purely based off of the story and the cinematics. I just don't understand why there isn't an option for 60. I mean, there's elements to game design that just require certain things, and they made decisions really early on that just made that impossible. I'm not happy about it any more than you. I prefer 60, but that they made those decisions really early on. Ten members now as the total rises. Patrick Q gifts one. Mitch says, on a recommended spec, I'd expect Starfield will sit between 25 and 45 FPS regular running the busy scenes versus the quiet scenes because of the ambitious approach to the game. I agree with you. Good to see you, Mitch. I agree with that. Good to see you. I wonder what kind of rig they were showcasing the direct footage on. Well, if you've seen the latest video from Matty Plays, he did a pretty good summary coming in. Yo, we got a five gifted member train, five from Lone Wolf and five from Rock and Robin just launches us to 20 members on the day. Just like that doubles the gifted member count. Thank you, Rock and Robin and Lone Wolf. Guys, jump on the five gifted train. That's nuts. Matty Plays did a video quickly summarizing and kind of reacting to what the guys from IGN said. And the guys from IGN got to play for an hour on an Xbox Series X. So I don't know what this footage is from. I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what the Starfield Direct footage is from. I don't think they've come out and stated it. If they have, I missed it. So forgive me for missing that. A lot was going on. A lot of showcases. A lot of games. A lot of coverage. I'm I'm not a Starfield channel, so if I miss them specifically stating that the Direct was on a Series X, but the guys at IGN got to play on an Xbox Series X for one hour. I thought one hour was a little on the low end. Um, Not sure the reasoning there. Maybe they were short on time, but I feel like one hour for a game like this is really low. Uh, I would expect two hours minimum, but, you know... A gifted member from Joker Quinn. Thank you so much. Joker Quinn and DK Bager. Always so faithful with those single gifted members. Showing you guys that what did I just do? I switched scenes. I was like, what did I do? Um, always so faithful with those single gifted members. Thank you very much. I hope they said Xbox Series X. Well, and that's kind of what I talked about in the show open. It's like, listen, if you want to win game of the year, I think you have to. Right, I th- I think you have to nail zero frame drops to the mo- for the most part. Harris says I've got a wild theory way out from left field. What if Starfield isn't even necessarily CPU bound, but the giant sandbox being all locally handled, and if it's capped by storage speeds, the CPU can't render something if it can't be delivered in a timely fashion. Min PC requirements explicitly say SSD is required. The rest of the specs are very tame. That is interesting, Parasito. Yo, Aaron Claypool with five. He hits the goal and pushes us past. He's the agent of chaos, and he hits the goal. Now we're on our way to 50 with another gifted member from DK Baker. You guys are nuts. The generosity here and just the so kind to always be gifting members to other people. Thank you very much. A lot of people seem to be making a lot of speculation about Starfield, which is fine. We don't have the game, so it's all we can do, but it sets some strange expectations. Well, Severin, something I've been trying to do, which a lot of people will interpret as hate, but I'm trying to keep expectations low on certain things. Like, if you automatically think you're booting up Starfield and getting 60 FPS, you may want to double check that, because I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen for you. 
I'm saying that as somebody who came to that conclusion and said, I might have to upgrade and get a stronger rig. Because if I want to play this game the way that I prefer, I'm going to have to make that adjustment. Now, there's a larger discussion to be had there about the, the Series X and the marketing and the Series S, right? A 14 spot from Ikigang, and Ikigang does a four-month membership renewal. Starfield will cause a tectonic shift in the gaming industry. Compromises have to be made. It's like the invention of the first electric car. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think it'll be a historic game that we look back on, similar to how we look back on Skyrim. Remember when I said that Elden Ring would be like a game that we refer back to the way we refer back to Skyrim? And it's happened. Everybody refers back to Elden Ring when they think of like open world games, when they think of, you know, FromSoft games and the evolution of that genre. Like Elden Ring kind of achieved that, right? I I think Starfield will achieve that. I don't know if it's going to be tectonic in the industry. Fortunately for this one, we've got it running great. It's often running way above that. Sometimes at 60, he continued referring to the game's performance on PC. Yeah, Jaggy, I don't think that's what that comment... That that quote continues to get attributed to PC. That's not what Todd said. We have no idea what he was referring to. You have to zoom all the way out. The antecedent, when he says, fortunately we got this one running really, really well, the antecedent to this one is he's speaking in the realm of games and games that they've built with lots of freedom, okay? That is not, that quote, I don't know why everybody keeps attributing that quote to PC. We don't know that that's what he was saying. And even if he is saying that, he doesn't sound like he's boasting about PC performance either. I I don't think he was referring to PC. I think he was saying, we got this one running really, really well. We got this game running really, really well. But we had to cap it at six uh, thirty on console. I think that state. I think that statement's been 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 mis- misrepresented numerous times over. We get twenty five more likes on the video, guys. There's like over eight hundred people here. A lot of y'all just kind of sitting on the sidelines. Make sure you minimize that chat and smash that like button. It helps the video find more folks. Coffee is expensive these days. Our coffee is actually quite competitive in the grand scheme of pricing, so I'm not sure what you're referring to. Go shop at virtually any of the competitors, and we fall below most coffee prices that are out there. He said sometimes above 60. Yeah, I, like, I don't think he was referring to PC. I think he was referring to the game. He's like, we got this one running really, really well. He never indicates that he's talking about PC. It's from Windows Central article. Windows Central and everybody that's running with that quote, I believe they're speaking out of turn. I believe they're speaking out of turn. Todd Howard made no indication he was speaking about the game running on PC. He made no indication. If you go look at the quote, it's an unbroken sentence. He doesn't stop and mention PC. He doesn't. He's talking about the games that they build, and then he talks about the fidelity and what it's going to hit on console, and then he says, fortunately, we got this one running really, really well. Like, why is everybody assuming he means PC when he says that? It's, It's an unfounded presumption. He doesn't say anything to make us think that. Like, slicing up that sentence is such a waste of time. We'll never truly know what he meant because he's not gone back and qualified what he was talking about. 
Thrifty says, you get 12 ounces from Reforge. Most other small batch companies charge 16 to 22 for 8 ounces. He says, and I'm a coffee snob. You can trust that. Yeah, our, our coffee prices, especially for the quality of the coffee that you get, are, is quite competitive. Elden Ring also had frame issues at 60 and still won. It had frame stutters and frame timing issues. The most egregious issues were patched fairly quickly. And that's not even remotely the same as what's going on with Starfield. You you have to you have to grant me this. If you don't grant this point, then I, I, I I'm gonna have a hard time taking you seriously, okay? If we're gonna sit here and say, listen. We're willing to accept 30 FPS on a next-gen console. No performance mode. If you're going to accept that, then you simply cannot accept frame drop. You can't. But there was frame drops in Zelda. Zelda's running on a calculator, and it launched in 2017. Quit invoking Zelda. You look dumb. Stop it. Be smarter. Be smarter than the caveman on Twitter that types before he thinks, okay? If we're going to accept 30 FPS on next gen, I'm not saying I'm accepting it. If you're going to try and argue, well, because the scope of the game and the sandwiches, think of the sandwiches, Lono. Okay, all right. Then it better stay at 30 all the time. If you can't keep your game at 30, we've fully... We have fully gone back in time. We, we've gone all the way back in time. I, I, I can go in a time machine. I can go back in time on an Xbox 360 uh, and an Xbox One, and I can play games at 30 FPS that don't maintain 30. I, I can go back in time and have that experience. I don't need to be having that now. Well, what's your game of the year so far? Currently, I believe the front runner is Zelda. I believe Final Fantasy 16 is going to kick it right off the stage, personally. And I didn't think I was going to enjoy Final Fantasy 16 at all. I think Final Fantasy 16 is going to check more boxes, personally. I do. I think it's going to two foot drop kick, just kick Zelda right off the podium. Be like, <laughs> I'm getting this. That's what I think. Yo, East Coast Overlord with a $5 super chat tip. Lona defending Starfield must be an Xbox shill. So much nuance. There's levels to this, Doc Dark. There's levels to this, like Doc says. There's so much nuance to this. There's so much nuance to can Starfield win game of the year? I'm telling you right now, if they lock it in at 30 and it stays there, and you can play this on your Series X and it stays there. Series S, you know, God be with you. People on PC, right? If people on PC can get relatively consistent performance, then I think this thing stands a chance to win game of the year. But if if, if you lower this game all the way to 30 and you can't even maintain that on next-gen rigs and mid-lane PCs, I don't I just don't think you stand a chance to win game of the year. I think the community will walk away and say no thank you. I think they'll say no thank you. I don't see PC users tolerating that. I can't I we, we, we can't overlook the fact that it's a game pass game. I don't think we can overlook the fact that it's a game pass game. Because 
if you go right now to Xbox's website, you can see the top played games. And the top 15 games are 60 FPS, okay? It stands to reason that that means a large portion of the Xbox community is going to boot up Starfield fresh out of a game at 60 FPS. Meaning, they boot this thing up on Game Pass, and if they feel like it's not it's not good looking or it's stuttery or it's whatever, you I think you'll see a lot of those people say I don't I'm not playing this. It's Game Pass game. They didn't buy it. It's e- it's so much easier to put down a game if you've not paid for it. Series S looks like a custom Gen 3 NVMe with four PCI lanes, even though the actual box uses Gen 4. SATA SSD caps are out are about this speed, whereas NVMe are here. Okay, let's get to the point and speak English to me. So even saying SSD required for PC is extremely misleading, especially if the game hits the storage really hard. A PC built in the last couple of years will have Gen 4, and with a Gen 4 drive, you're going to hit 7 gigs a second. So maybe there is hope that Starfield will run very well on PC. I mean, if everybody's speculation about it being CPU-intensive Paris, if they misfired and what you're saying is true, and as long as you've got, like, a really fast hard drive, you'll be okay, then I'll be thrilled. I, the, the, the bummer is, Paris, the real, the real bummer is I won't know until I play the game. If I boot up Starfield on my PC and I'm like... Yo, Starfield gameplay, here we go. And I'm struggling to hit frames per second. Let's say your prediction's wrong, Paris. We're like, nope, it's CPU intensive. You should have upgraded your rig. Boy, oh boy, am I going to be irritated. So it's just another game I can't play at launch. I'm like, ah, come on. Lono went into a coma halfway through reading that. Ah, he's putting out all these speeds and slashes and numbers. And I'm like, bro, I don't get get to the point Spock <laughs> it also depends on how it lands on launch due to Fallout 76 it's better land right for Bethesda's sake the obsession about this frame talk is getting exhausting can we just talk about how the game performs like when it comes out well P. Dudley in my mind I think there's an entirely different discussion to be had let's just say for the sake of the discussion that a large portion of people are like 30 is fine as long as it's stable and let's say they they nail it at 30 it stays locked there you know 90% of the time i believe that the second hurdle they have to overcome the second hurdle they have to jump over is just base level performance and bugs because i don't think people will tolerate that i don't if if you accept and you say okay all right 30 okay fine it's running stable at 30 but if you start running into bugs and performance issues crashes whatever i'm just saying you know all those garden variety things that can happen i think that would be the other killer i think that would be the thing to keep it off the game of the year podium because i basically said there's two hurdles this game has to jump over one is the rising tide of player expectations Will players accept this game at the 30? Will they? I I think the jury is still out on that. I don't think that we know. Eugene says, and now you know why Sony just settled on power of the PS5 SSD? I'm not sure what you mean. 
I, I cannot stand what I absolutely cannot stand what Discord has done. I can't see any of your usernames. I don't know what they did. I don't know what Discord did. Half of your guys' usernames are literally a letter with three dots after it. How in the frick am I supposed to know who am I talking to? Am I talking to the alphabet? Like, I can't see anybody's usernames. You're all just letters. Why did they do this? Is there a setting somewhere? It's driving me nuts. I'm having a conversation with consonants. Gee, Christmas. I can't be the only one worried that it will fall beneath 30 and not actually be locked. I'm also worried the footage we saw was a vertical slice that the game won't live up to. It's for streamers. Wait, so when I turn on streamer mode, it does that? Can... Okay. Hang on a minute. Because I've got it muted. Uh... How do I... Where is... Okay, there's streamer mode. Automatically enable, disable. Enable streamer... Hide invite links. Disable disable sounds. Hide personal information. Hide email. Connected accounts. Notes. Anonymous number tags. Recommended if you don't want random people accessing your Discord. Disable sounds. I'm just going to turn it off and see if that fixes it. Oh, it fixed it. Oh my gosh, it was driving me freaking crazy. It was literally driving me insane. I was like, what on earth? I wish I could check that box. Like, can I turn on streamer mode to turn off everything, but I still need to see people's dadgum usernames. I don't know who anybody is. I just see letters. Okay, thank you. We fixed that problem. Crisis averted. I just need to make sure Discord's muted. And it is. Okay, cool. That was driving me nuts. I was like, I thought it was a glitch in the matrix. I was like, why is everybody's names just letters? I, I like the idea behind it, but let me toggle that. When I turn on streamer mode, I just want privacy of my personal stuff and sounds to be turned off. I don't need people's usernames to be turned into letters. <clears throat> Who am I talking to? The alphabet? Yeah. This stream is brought to you in part by the letter F. And you, what happened? I, we fixed it. Let's hope that there will not be as many bugs as Cyberpunk because 30 FPS can suddenly become a smaller problem for the game. Uh, Lono is muted, testing it out, Kappa. Oh, now I've got pop-ups. How do I turn that off? Now that I'm not on streamer mode, mentions does like a pop-up. Oh my gosh. Like such an old person. Enable desktop notifications. Boom. Turn that off. Good golly, Miss Molly. Someone mentioned you. It's like. (laughs) The little number is all I need. Someone mentioned you. Ding, you just see the little number. I don't need a pop up down in the corner. Crying out loud. I'll turn into an old man yelling at the clouds. I am such an old man when it comes to tech like that. I just get immediately grumpy. I'm like, just stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop doing that. (laughs) Ding. Okay, it worked. Yeah. Paris mentioned me and I didn't get a pop-up. Thank you. It's streamer problems, right? I'm trying to run a show and I'm getting mentioned all throughout servers and stuff. Dadgummit. 
Remember how when Redfall was 30 FPS was announced, the immediately concern was, what else is wrong? I don't see that here, and I wonder why. Well, here's the, that's a good question, Eugene. Chat, why do you think there's no concern about this game because of 30 FPS, but there was concern about Redfall? I mean, I'll obviously give my answer, and listen, I'm not defending 30 FPS when I say this, okay? But hear me out. Okay? Hear me out. I think the significant difference is we saw literally nothing nothing in Redfall that justified 30 FPS we didn't see anything we saw a very basic you know Borderlands meets Left 4 Dead game with unimpressive graphics the freeze frames of the graphics in Redfall ooh it was a very contained game there didn't seem to be any high levels of graphical fidelity. There didn't seem to be anything going on in Redfall to justify 30 FPS. Well, when I look at this game and I listen to Todd Howard and I know how Todd Howard thinks and I watch Select's Friedman interview, I think we're dealing with a completely different category. I don't think this is in the same category of Redfall of like, Oh my gosh, 30 FPS. The rest of the game's gonna be bad. We were right about Redfall. Boy, oh boy, were we right. I think that's my favorite thing right now. That's one of my favorite things. If we rewind the clock just a couple of months, all these people that are hand-waving and acting like this is no big deal and this will all be fine, Man, just a couple of months ago, y'all said the same thing about Redfall. So, I can see why somebody might be a little suspicious and say, well, hang on a minute there. (laughs) Aren't you the same person that told us Redfall was great? Aren't you the same person that said that? Aren't y'all the same cycle of PR astroturfing that that tried to make it look like Redfall was going to be amazing? Like, so, I think certain people have kind of They've kind of turned in their badge. Like, you're not allowed to talk about this stuff. You know? No one really cares what you have to say. Because you did this before. Now, when when I look at this situation, obviously, I'm coming to this game the same way I've come at every single game this generation. And I'm saying, bro, what are y'all doing over there? What? And they answer with a 45-minute direct... That, that outlines gameplay, gunplay, that looks impressive, gun modding, skills, exploration, ship customization, ship combat, right? Uh, a game with size, scope, and scale where I could say, okay, I, I understand it, but I don't have to like it. Does that make sense? I couldn't wrap my brain around why anybody was saying Redfall looked good. I couldn't figure it out. Right? I even broke down the, the infamous montage on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't know what in the frick you're looking at. There ain't nothing in this game that looks exciting or impressive or punchy. Whatever whatever gummy you chewed on before playing that game, buddy, give me some, because apparently you, you could play Cooking Mama on a calculator and have a good time. I, I didn't see anything in Redfall. I, was, I don't know what you are looking at. But I can look at Starfield and I can say, okay, 
intellectually, I get it. I understand what you're attempting to do. I understand the the scope, the size, and the enormity of the project. I get it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Do you understand the line of that I'm like I'm dragging in the sand there? That one article and that one the, for that one frame looked good. Oh, the one freeze frame and that one article looked great. You don't have to like Starfield at 30, but you will probably live with it if the gameplay is fantastic. Yeah, I readily admitted that this morning. One of the reasons I think Starfield could win Game of the Year, like, one of the reasons that I think Starfield could win Game of the Year is because it's such a compelling title, and it's not even out yet. It's not even out yet. It's such a compelling title. The prospect of what this game offers is so compelling that I'm sitting here saying... Bro, I, I, I'm, I'll beef up a PC to play this dadgum game. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do that thing that I don't want to do. I don't want to get into like PC gaming and making sure stuff's running well and, and, and tracking frames. Man, oh man, do I not want to go back into that world. I don't like that world. I don't. I don't. This game's not even out yet, and it's so compelling. And I'm like, oh man, I'm willing. I'm 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 willing to kind of bend over backwards to play this game at 60 if I have to. Starfield looks so dope. Redfall was a season on a season gamed engine, also. Well, I'm not sure what you mean by that, Paul. Lono, you stopped playing Zelda because of the 30 FPS. Do you think others will do so on the Series X? That's such an excellent question, Veter. Right now, it's an unknown. Right. Right now it is an unknown because from where I sit, my speculative powers can only reach so far. And it's difficult for me to tell you what people uh, in the Xbox community will tolerate. It's 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 difficult to say what they'll what they'll play at length. Okay? When I look at Redfall's reception and how quickly it fell on the game charts for for Xbox, I can't help but think there is a good portion of the Xbox community that will play this game for less than an hour. And they'll say no. Now, I don't know if that's enough of a percentage to, to, to warrant concern or like, oh my gosh, you know, is the game a flop? Like, I don't know. I think there is a percentage of the Xbox community that won't even make it past an hour in this game. They'll say, I I don't know why it looks that way, but I'm not playing that. Because there is a good number of people that have been playing Fortnite and Apex and all these other shooters. They've been playing them at 60 for a really long time. And when all of a sudden you boot up a game that's not at 60, buddy, you will know it. You You will know something's going on. You're like, what's happening here? Starfield's the first game on this new engine. They're still learning its limitations. I mean... Zero sympathy, Paul. I have no sympathy. It's their own proprietary engine that they upgraded. That That is... That will absolutely win no points with me. Oh, it's the first game with this new engine. You mean their own proprietary engine? Their own unique engine that they upgraded themselves? I, I, don't, that, I don't... You don't get any sympathy from me on that. You don't, you don't get any passes from me on that. 
I'd, I'd be the same way if Insomniac or the Decima engine came out and said, yeah, we upgraded our engine. We're really excited. We you know, made some good changes to it. You know, and being like, well, it's the first game in their new engine. I'd be like, uh-uh, that's your own engine. You don't get an excuse. It's your engine. <laughs> it's yours. You built it. I don't think folks understand we weren't getting constant 30 FPS. Well, yeah, not in the trailers you weren't. Not even in the Starfield Direct were you. I also just wonder how much Game Pass is going to play a factor for people. Right? Can can Starfield win Game of the Year if the Xbox community doesn't hang with it for very long? And if the Game Pass community bails relatively quickly? They're like, yeah, I've, this doesn't feel like a new game to me. You know? You, you gotta think about the absence of big, powerful titles. Okay? I, it, 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 there are a lot of people that are gonna boot this thing up and be like, man, I don't know. The biggest thing in Xbox's favor, this is going to sound so weird for me to say it, in the realm of performance and the player base accepting Starfield at 30, what do you think is the unironic, helpful, helpful thing? Take a guess. What's the unironic, helpful aspect of the Xbox ecosystem and why a lot of their player base will be like, this game's great? What is it? I want to see if anybody can guess it. There's a, there, there's a there's an unlikely hero in the room that'll suddenly be wearing a cape and all the people that play games will say, yep, this is totally fine. Did I miss the beer stream? Uh, wait, did I miss the beer stream in my absence? No, we'll do that in July. They, they, they earned the beard shave in June, so I'll do it in July. That's how we always do it. No extra cost? No extra cost? No. No. Free on Game Pass? No. Redfall? Freedom? No. Game Pass? No. No. Nobody's getting the answer right. Game Pass being so cheap? Nope. No. There it is. Legend status got it. The unlikely hero in the room is the Series S. Because you have most of your console saturation is Series S. So guess what? Most of your console players are not playing games at high levels of performance. They're not. They're not. They're going to play this game at 1440-30, and they're going to say, this looks great. This looks amazing. What's everybody bellyaching about? Starfield's awesome. Don't you see? Like, the, 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 the Series S is the unlikely hero in the room. Because a lot of those players will be like, A lot of those players haven't been playing games at 60 or high fidelity. They're not. Most of their games are playing at, like, dynamic resolutions to hit 60, so I don't even think a lot of them do that. I think a lot of them probably just play and play games at 30 and don't even realize it. They bought the low entrance cost system, and they've they've gotten the lower end of performance this gen. So there's a large portion of the Xbox player base that's probably going to think this game's totally fine and amazing. I think the next question after that would be how much the PC community 
deals with the issues. Now, Paris is putting out theories that the issue is not that it's CPU intensive, it's going to need a fast hard drive. So if you've got a Gen 4 SSD, you'll be totally fine. Do you think that if there was no Series S, that Starfield would be 60 FPS on the Series X? I truly don't know. Because it feels engine level. All I know is every game that has run bad on console this year has run worse on the PC. That's my worry, says Paul. I think that's a fair worry, Paul. I do. Guys, we've been holding at about 800 viewers for a really long time. Give me 400 likes on the video. Let's get 50 more likes. I'll give you a little bit of a recap of my opening monologue. If you want to give some members the next milestone's 50. Every 25, I give five back as a way to say thank you. If you've been consistently getting a gifted membership, consider paying it forward and gifting to somebody else or picking up your own membership. Uh, If you consistently get a gifted and you never convert over, you're not making room for other people to get a gifted membership. All right? So let me give you a recap of why I think Starfield could win Game of the Year 2023. Okay? I basically did a recap of what stood out to me in the Starfield Direct. Okay? I walked through the... First and foremost, I said gunplay and gameplay looked vastly different from what we had seen in the past. It seemed significantly upgraded, and that was related to a handful of things, right? I think that the gunplay looked incredibly improved. It looked to me like they had set out to build not just a good RPG, but a good shooter. The gun customization looks very promising. Even if gun customization is pretty, you know, garden variety, silencer, mags, uh, you know, sights, things like that. Even if it stays pretty low-key, that still is fine, okay? Then I also talked about the jetpacks, the gravity, the movement. Uh, I thought the jetpack movement really kind of sold me on the fact that there's a lot of action in this game. I'm kind of debating on whether or not I'll play it first-person perspective or third-person perspective because I love third-person action-adventure games and a couple of the sequences where they're sort of in the third-person mode and zipping around with, uh, you know, a jetpack. And even just scenes like that where they give you like a little montage of, you know, the character walking around a town, taking pictures. It does seem like third person will be, I think, a really good experience. Um, and obviously, first person to third person, the 30 FPS, you know, might be more tolerable if you're not first person for some people. I also talked about the sheer size, the scope, the longevity, and the freedom. Those kind of three categories are why I believe that Starfield could be sort of another Skyrim for Bethesda, uh, the the sheer size and scope of this game seems bigger than anything we've ever really played before, and I think that at one level might be enough for people to say, "I've I've never played a game like this." They're gonna you know, they'll overlook thirty FPS. They'll overlook that and say that this game is at a, a level I've never played before. I also talked about longevity, right? I talked about longevity and how this could have that long tail engagement. They could have that long tail discussion element the way that we saw with Skyrim. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, I talked about the freedom. Freedom is sort of the undercurrent root system um, that that touches every aspect of this game. It really does. Every aspect of this game is touched by freedom. How you want to play, how you build your character, how you interact with NPCs, how you build your guns, like how you approach everything, how you build your space uh, ship. The spaceship customization to me is thrilling. The the way that you can make it look different on the outside and the inside, I think looks pretty awesome. You can actually have a space fleet. So fundamentally, I argued all of those are the reasons why Starfield could win Game of the Year. 
if and only if they manage to jump over two pretty significant hurdles. I think they have to jump over the hurdle of 30 FPS because if you don't jump over the hurdle of 30 FPS, you may sort of get drowned by player expectations because player expectations to me are a rising tide. They're always going up. And this is one of the things that I think people sort of miss in the larger discussion about Starfield. They say, you know, it's not a big deal or it's such a big game. Nobody's going to care. I don't necessarily know if that's true because from where I sit, every game that has come out over the last two years has been heavily scrutinized based on performance. And I don't think we can look at Redfall and Gotham Knights prior to launching getting tons of criticisms, you know, tons of criticism heaped on them because of the 30 FPS, right? I don't think we can say, oh, people hated on Gotham Knights and Redfall because they were bad games. Even Plague Tale Requiem got a lot of criticism because of performance issues, okay? So, that's the first hurdle they have to jump over, the hurdle of the rising tide of player expectations. Now, within the rising tide of player expectations is all of the unknowns about PC. We just we don't know how consistent this game is going to run on PC. We don't know if 30 FPS is guaranteed on PC. We don't know any of those things, okay? Those are unknowns. The second hurdle they have to jump over is just base level performance and bugs. Because if you come to this game and you say, okay, I'm willing to accept 30 FPS, what this game offers, size, scope, freedom, longevity, replayability, it checks all these boxes, I'll overlook that, I'll play at 30 FPS. And then if you're met with performance problems and bugs, I, th- I think that'll be a deal breaker for some people. You know, I think they'll say, listen, man, I, 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 was, I, was, willing, I was willing to overlook the 30 FPS situation, but the game's, you know, if the game has issues, if the game performs poorly, if it can't even maintain 30, if 30's inconsistent, if there's, if there's hitches and bugs and stutters, then I think that's the second hurdle that'll trip this game up. I don't think this game should win. I don't think this game should win. I don't think it will win game of the year if it launches and is mired in, in issues with performance. Yeah, we don't know if the recommended PC specs are 60 or 30. So there's a recap of my monologue. Make sure you guys have taken the time to hit like. If you hit subscribe, it enables you to talk in my chat. That is totally free. Uh, subscribing doesn't cost anything. All these people gifting members today. Thank you, DK Baker, Aaron Claypool, Rockin' Robin and Lone Wolf, James Carr, and John Albrokey. So many people gifting members, both single, and we had a little five gifted member train going there for a minute. So thank you those who took part in that. When you hit subscribe on this channel, I am a safe for work broadcaster. I'll be in your sub feed and your homepage throughout the week doing a talk show like this. Good to see you being able. Thank you so much for renewing that membership. And guys, don't forget to support the channel in all the other ways. If you're a coffee drinker, this is not a sponsor that we sit here and talk about periodically. Reforgeroast.com. You can check out the flavor profiles. Dark Roast is our only available flavor right now. We are restocking light. But this is not a very dark roast. If you're a fan of lighter roasts or medium roasts, our dark roast is very drinkable. Lono, what is your threshold on an acceptable level of bugs? This is a Bethesda game. 
And for it, and for its scale, bugs are almost inevitable. With low-level charming bugs be okay, or even minor bugs not okay. So the exact line that I put in my uh, in my opening monologue, sort of the way that I phrased it, right? The way that I phrased it was, I want to make sure I read this exactly how I read it. I think I said large scale. Um, uh, 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 did I say large scale? Hang on. Yeah, yeah, here it is. It should not win game of the year if it has large scale performance issues or bugs. So I put that in the same category. If I'm on a if I'm on a planet and a bug glitches out and flips over, or I you know or, or I, something falls through the map, I'm not going to throw my hands up and say, "Oh my gosh!" So it's got to be, I think, large scale. If there's consistent bugs and glitches with respect to when you when you land and get off your ship and it's it's frustrating and it causes all these problems if there is endemic performance issues with the frame rate dropping or you know the game having issues maybe it's cr- maybe it's crashing i don't know then i would say no that's that that takes it all the way off the podium for me large scale endemic something where man everywhere i go everything i'm trying to do every planet i go on every quest i go on this thing is happening if you, if you go to one planet and you have one little glitched out NPC, come on. There, there, there's, there's no reason to overstate that. That's going to happen in almost any game. Fair is fair, right? I said that if Final Fantasy 16 had a frame issue in like a town, I'm like walking through a town and there's a bunch of NPCs and the frame stutters a little bit. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. You know, people that want to overstate that. What's funny to me What's really funny to me is people that will overstate frame drops in a Final Fantasy 16 demo being the same people who have become champions for defending 30. It's like they don't even see how ridiculous they look. Like, that just looks ridiculous. Intellectually understanding and saying, yeah, I get it. I get why it's 30. You're not going to catch me out here defending it and saying that it's fine. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really matter in games like this. But then you're gonna then you're gonna comb over every jot and tittle of a Final Fantasy 16 demo. Like, come on, you're you're bringing such inconsistency and such hypocrisy to the table. Yeah, I saw clips of Dreamcast guy being very harsh with Starfield. I, I don't, I don't necessarily understand where his strong. I feel like he had a very strong dislike for the game already I'm not sure where that comes from I don't know if he has like a history with, with Bethesda games I, I, I don't, I didn't understand what he was doing, it didn't make any sense to me like I've watched his content before and found it to be fine I don't watch every single one of his videos so I don't know if he has like a clear and evident uh, evidential bias Like I just have watched a handful of videos and always found them to be totally fine and then I saw those clips and I was like Man, I'm not really sure why he's why he's being so harsh, you know. Like, look at look at all look at all these empty planets. Look at all these barren empty planets. I'm like, wait, what? But we already have had an answer on that. We know that not every planet's going to be empty and barren. You're going to be able to scan the planet before landing on it. You'll know what's there. You're going to be an empowered player. You're not going to take the time to land on a planet 
and then be like, oh, there's nothing here. Better leave. Got me again, Starfield, you know. Next time, Gadget. Like, no, you're going to know before you land. You're going to be like, oh, that's a... That's a barren planet over there. There's nothing there. Yeah, I... I Listen. For, for every person that has a strong bias against Starfield, there are people with a very strong bias in support of Starfield that talk about the game as if it's the second coming of gaming. Right? So... I feel like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right? For every... For every, for every person out here that's just bashing Starfield mercilessly, they make fun of every single frame, they make fun of every single NPC. There's people that are acting like this game is going to be delivered by God himself. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's exaggeration on both sides. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's almost like there's only one planet in our solar system that isn't empty and barren. <laughs> well, listen, listen, you, you know, cool scanning 900 barren planets sounds fun, but that again is such a false summary. That's not going to be what you do in this game. Like, I, again, you're doing the opposite thing that the fanboy's doing. The, that the guy's acting like this game's going to be amazing no matter what. You're doing the same thing. You, you, you. First and foremost, you know what you're saying is literally untrue. That they're, they're going to make you waste time scanning 900 barren planets. Come on, that's. I, I feel like that statement's made in bad faith. Like you know what you're saying is probably not going to be representative of the game's life cycle and content loop. Come on. Like, don't say things that you know deep down are likely to not even be true. You're wasting everybody's time with those words. Two dollars from William Lewis. Dreamcast guy has a bias against Xbox in general. I'm like, everybody has biases. You know? Everybody does. I've tried to own mine. I've tried to tell people my lean toward PlayStation is one of magnetism, not choice. It's just magnetism. I spent all of 2022 going where the games were. What would you want me to do? Cover all those amazing indie titles that hit Game Pass? Like, what was I supposed to do to keep Xbox in the mix? I tried to get I tried to bring Halo back into the coverage and it never worked. Everybody was so sad and irritated about that game. There was nothing I could do. It was just pure magnetism. I went where the games were. That's all I did. You know, my mistake, I didn't hold the line in 2022, and if that makes me a Sony Pony, then your definition of Sony Pony is so watered down, broad, and stupid that it doesn't even make any any sense anymore. Like, there are people with clear biases against, you know, Starfield, against Xbox. I get that. I do. But there's, there's always another person right next to them doing the same dadgum thing just in the opposite direction, acting as if Starfield is perfect, and they'll defend everything about it. There are people that just go so far, they're like, well, the frame stutters are cinematic. I mean, I'm not saying anybody would say that, but it feels like you're, you're on the verge of saying something like that sometimes, the way people defend this game. In no Man's Sky, I skip over all kinds of planets, and it doesn't negatively impact my experience. They simply aren't needed for what I'm doing in the moment. Some of y'all haven't played space games, and it shows. 
Yeah, you do that all the time in No Man's Sky. What's good, kill you? We got patch notes. We got patch notes on um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Patch 6 finally is out. I have not I have not been able to play that game. I have not been able to play that game. It's just such it's just such a bad state. Here's what you can expect. Crash fixes, bounties, codge, occasional issue, collision improvements, blaster handling, fixes for photo mode, wind puzzle, hollow map, training dummy, various bug fixes and improvements, more patches on the way. You can freaking shove your game in your ear. I hope they get no nominations. That's your that's your patch notes? It's been like a month! It's been like a month! That's your patch notes? I hope Jedi Survivor doesn't get a single game nomination. The press should be embarrassed. Nines and tens. Give me a freaking break. Your sixth patch is just a bunch of generic statements about bounties and stuff. You're not going to mention the screen tearing on console, the frame dropping. What an embarrassment. 68% on Steam. Yeah. Thank goodness you're fixing photo mode. Oh my gosh. Since that's the only time the game looks good is when it's at a standstill. Disney. I get it. It's so irritating. You Disney, you are unworthy of Star Wars. You're unworthy. You've done nothing but harm the brand since you got a hold of it. We want a brand new Star Wars game every six months. Oh, I'm sure this will go great. That's swell. Yes. Just arbitrary cadence of game delivery. I'm sure that'll be amazing for games the scope and size of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. If I've ever seen a company unworthy of the property they own, it's Disney and it's Star Wars. Done nothing but mess it up for years. And you don't get forgiven because I love Andor. Too many freaking Christmas. Lono, I think we should uh, iterate that the sandwiches were more of a demonstration of the game's uh, capability to register duplicated items with its stuttering because it's becoming a meme when it's not. No, I think the persistence of arbitrary items is a part of performance and to act as if it's not a part of the performance issues. I might have misunderstood what you said. I think we should iterate that the sandwiches were more of a demonstration of the game's capability to register duplicated items with it stuttering because it's becoming a meme when it's not oh no no you're saying it is part of the problem right that's what you're saying
What an embarrassment this game is. I hope it gets no Game Award nominations. These are your patch notes after all this time and silence. I literally do. I hope they get I hope they get no nominations. Star Wars game is so dadgum irritating. It's like one of my favorite games. Jedi Fallen Order was so good, and then the sequel comes out and it's like it's like it's unplayable. It's it looks it looks and runs so bad. I can't believe people were like, I didn't notice it, I didn't see it. Man, get your eyes checked. Go to the eye doctor. All the problems are fixed on PC. Yeah, that's why it still has a 68% in the last 30 days of reviews. I'm sure they fixed all the problems, and Steam users are just extra persnickety. When are we getting light roast back in stock? You're going to wait a while, man. Turnaround time's not fast. It just isn't. It just isn't. It we, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to reorder the light roast. It sold so much slower than the dark roast. It felt like a it felt like a waste of capital. But, you know, it just makes more sense to have one of each. If one sells slower than the other, fine. Like, I drug my feet on it because, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> it's not cheap. So... My game ran fine until I went in and out of the cantina, but my game was actually fine except for the cantina. You didn't have a special version of the game, and you don't have a special console. The game has endemic problems. It has endemic problems. Frame tear, uh, Screen tearing, frame drops, all kinds of performance issues, game-breaking bugs with bounties. There's all kinds of stuff that's not that doesn't work right in that game. You don't have a special version. You don't have a special console. You just didn't see the issues. Right? It's fine. I, I, I'm jealous of people who feel like they can play through a game like that and literally get to the end and say, I didn't have any problems. Buddy, I am jealous because I don't know what game you played, but it is, it's the problems in Starfield, I'm Starfield, the problems in Star Wars, <laughs> Jedi Survivor are rampant. It's, it's, it's unplayable. It has a 68% on Steam for a reason. You didn't get some special version that all these other people got that, are, that, aren't, that aren't good. Do you play with VRR on? I don't even know. I don't know. I didn't buy a console to check settings before playing a game. Let me make sure. Let me check my TV settings. Let me check my console settings. I literally play on console to avoid that. So I didn't check any of that stuff. I have Jedi Survivor on PC, and I've noticed zero issues. Yeah, that's the appropriate way to say it. You've noticed zero issues. They're there. Oh no, he misspoke again. Yeah. (laughs) I accidentally said Starfield instead of Star Wars. Quick, quick, clip it. (laughs) Oh. It's not fixed on PC at all. People should be refunding it. The console version is way under 1080 also. It drops under the console VRR range on PS5. VRR may be your lifesaver. I, they, the last patch, I took two steps in the game, spun the camera, and I saw a, a, two screen tears and a frame drop. And I said, nope, I'm not doing this. 
I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not playing a game like this. I did, the, 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 the price of these games and the, and the performance I get from other games on my PS5, man, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. $70 for a game on my PS5 that runs like that? Like, what in the world? Connect the, the, the RCA cables. It's basically G-Sync for TVs. You need a recent TV for VRR? I mean, my TV can do it. I just didn't, I didn't check any of that stuff. I have G-Sync monitor with a 3080. The first game is still has stutters. The second game is worse. Yeah, I remember people talking about the stutters in the first game on PC. I remember that. Beating Survivor was tough on the PS5. I couldn't do plat because the performance, uh, but sucked it up and finished it. You don't check your TV compatibility when you bought your consoles. <laughs> That's not what I said. I said. I don't go in and check a bunch of settings on my TV to make sure everything's set properly. I I just plug the console in and go. What the frick are you talking about? Who does that? You do that. You, you, you go and check all your settings on a TV? Yeah, I didn't buy the TV. It was a gift. And it's the kind of TV where I shouldn't have to check really anything. Do you mean Christmas? more fun than it's broken but you're right performance mode on ps5 was way too many frame drops along with screen tearing i can't look past it it's like this is tangentially related we're a little off topic this is related to starfield like it's why i'm literally looking at what do i need to upgrade what kind of pc do i need to get what kind of pc do i need to get to play starfield at 60 because i just i don't want to have stutters i don't have frame drops, I don't have screen tearing, right? I know you don't play this anymore, I'm very interested in your reaction to this video. I, alright, okay. How many of y'all just really make me question things? Uh, who does that? That's what it's turning into. Console gamers wanted more customization, and they're giving it to you with VRR and other things. Okay, Cliffo. You're talking about giving me options and choices and customization, right? Right? That's not in the same category as troubleshooting a game running like crap. (laughs) Do you see the categorical difference between... I would like some customization options. Could I turn, you know, this down, this off? Could I tweak that to my own liking? That's all well and good. That's great. You you do you, boo-boo. You want to mess with all those settings and HDR this and VRR that? Man, you go to town, king. But don't tell me or insinuate that, like, well, I didn't have any problems. Did you check this? Did you check that? I'm not troubleshooting your game. It's a console game. Fix it. I'm not troubleshooting a console game. What am I going to wiggle the cable in the back? Every other game on my PS5 runs fine. What, what are you talking about? 
I'm not troubleshooting your game. That's not my part-time job as a gamer. Your game... Listen, listen. I'm not the only person with this attitude. If your game doesn't run well at launch, miss me. I'm playing something else. There's so many other games out. There's so many other good games coming out. I'm not going to sit around and piddle away time checking the driver or checking a setting or well, maybe try to reinstall and backroll. And no, I'm playing something else, bro. I'm playing something else. I have no... I, I don't have time for that, dude. I don't have time for that. You want to do that? You want to mess with this and tweak the other and wait on a patch? Brother, you go right ahead. I don't have time for that garbage. I got limited time. Time is the literal most valuable currency in the universe. There's no refund on time. And if I sit down in the evening and I'm like, oh man, I got an hour or two to play this game and it has problems and I've got to go to YouTube and forums to see, well, what should I do? How do I get around? Dude, I shut it off and I'll play a card game with my wife or read a book before I'll do that. My brain can't take it. My brain can't take it. There's way too many games coming out for me to be doing any of that. With your TV, you should just have VRR turned on and turn it on the PS5. It's part of the feature set that makes your TV worth the price. Right. And But is that going to fix all the issues that I'm having? Is that going to fix screen tearing? Is that going to fix frame dropping? I don't have any of those problems in any of my other games. Why do I suddenly have to have that turned on for Jedi Survivor? That isn't what I'm saying. You're being so childish. Take a freaking walk, Cliffo. Take a walk. I'm not being childish. You want to insult me? You take take the day off and reevaluate your choices. I have every right to say I don't want to go check a bunch of settings and fiddle around with stuff. Jedi Survivor launched in a bad state. That's the overarching point that you're missing. It has a 68% on Steam for a reason. It has a 68% on Steam for a reason. It's it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. Messing with settings to make a game run better? Come on, bro. That's that's not it. He ain't wrong, though. You too. I, bye. Listen, you have every right as the consumer to demand better than what we've received from a handful of games this year. Paul says they're wrong. Trust me. Jedi Survivor drops lower than 47 FPS. VRR does not work. They're so wrong, and they don't even know what the tech does, says Paul. My computer ran Cyberpunk 2077 fine. I don't know what you're on about. We were playing another game where everybody kept talking about VRR. You need to turn on VRR. And I was like, why would I need to do that? If the game's running poorly, VRR is only going to maybe gloss over or hide some of those issues. It's not going to fix the game. It's not going to fix how the game feels. 
those things happen they actually take place do you guys remember we were having this conversation months ago about a game and these guys were claiming I don't have any issues on the uh, Xbox and we kept telling them you don't have a special version of the game these issues are tracked they're measured they're in video breakdowns what game was that y'all remember what game I'm talking about we were talking about a game right we were talking about a game and it was like we were discussing the performance issues of the game and somebody said I don't have any issues on my Xbox and we were saying the VRR is just hiding it from you it's actually still happening in the game I think it was I want to say it was Elden Ring I want to say it was Elden Ring it was like Elden Ring had clear performance issues and frame rate issues in the early game. And we had all these Xbox boys claiming, I don't know what's wrong with your PS5, but my Xbox Series X isn't having a problem. Ignoring all the videos out there that broke the game down and showed and said, look, there are frame stutters, there are frame issues, there are frame timing oddities in the game. And VRR smoothed over it. And so all these guys thought like, oh yeah, my Xbox is fine. Must be something wrong with your PS5. So I, I feel like I'm having a similar conversation. It's like, I'm going to be able to tell that stuff is happening. I, those features might even be turned on on the TV and the PS5 right now. I don't even know. I don't even know. That's not the point. Y'all are telling somebody who's irritated at a poorly launched game. They take a month, like a month's vow of silence. They say nothing and do nothing. And they drop patch notes that are embarrassing. And you're like, but did you check VRR? Come on. Come on. What are we, what are we talking about here? Paul says VRR on the PS5 works between 47 and 120. If you drop below 47, it does not work. That's what Paul is saying about VRR and why it's not going to help. I'm trying to give you an option that may make the game playable. I'll double check it tonight, Eugene, because number one, I'll download their patch. I don't know if it's getting pushed out today or not. They just released the patch notes. I'll download the patch. I'll try the game. If I'm still noticing the issues, I'll check all those features. But that that that's not the issue for my irritation. Like, Jedi Survivor's problems are so much bigger than, like, VRR. Like, oh, yeah, just turn on VRR. Like, the problems are so much bigger than that. They're literally fixing problems with bounties. People couldn't progress certain elements of the game because they were having actual glitches and bugs with the bounties in the game, like questing. Forty-seven seems like such a random number. Why forty-seven? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never like researched the tech and how it works. I don't like because I don't do videos like that. I typically don't like go down the rabbit hole of like how does VRR work. Like I understand functionally what it's doing. It's a variable refresh rate, meaning it's adapting to what the game is doing and smoothing over what would typically look like a drop frame. Screen tearing is an issue that VRR can definitely help with. I actually was noticing the screen tearing more than the frames, I think, the last time I booted up the game. Because it's noticeable. It's like a giant line in your television. It honestly looks like your television's messing up. 
this giant tear line. It's like, what? You're, no, oh no, Lono, you're the last person here I would ask a technical question. Don't you worry your pretty little head. Yeah, I, <laughs> I fully, I have fully admitted I am grumpy old man status as a gamer. I gotta mess with something. I gotta tweak something. Something's not working. Frick your game. I turn it off. I don't have time for any of that, bro. I don't have time for that. Like last night, I was trying to figure out this software because Creature's out of town, and I was like, I need to learn how to do editing again so I can do my uploads, right? I fiddled around with it for a few seconds, and it was like, got kind of back into my footing, and then I shut it off. If it would have messed up once, if it would have required me to like troubleshoot or download a, a video codec, I'm done. I'd have shut it off. I'm like, no. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, bro. I fully accepted that about myself. Grumpy old man status, dude. Get off my lawn with your with your bad games, your under your undercooked games, your glitches and your bugs and your and your embarrassing patch notes. Get all the way off my lawn. I'm grumpy old man on that. I, I, n- n- no. Mm-mm. Especially a sequel that has Respawn, EA, and Disney behind it. No excuse. No excuse. You're not some you're not some little developer, right? You gotta have patience. I have patience for the for the right things. I have patience with my children. <laughs> I don't have patience for companies willingly putting products out that aren't ready. I don't know, why should I have patience for that? Like, like, imagine somebody bringing out a meal to you. Imagine somebody bringing a meal to you at a restaurant, and it's not ready. It's not cooked. And you're like, what is this? And they're like, oh, sorry, we're a little slammed right now. And they take it back. And they bring it back. And it's still not ready. And you're like, are you kidding me? You just gotta, you gotta have patience. I don't need to have patience for this. <laughs> this is an unjust exchange. You're wasting my time. Because you won't, you won't get the thing ready before bringing it to me. I don't need to have patience for that. Nobody should have patience for that. Yeah, a sequel that they were proud of releasing so fast. Right. They, they didn't. He did an interview where they were like, "Yeah, we could have taken extra time." Why didn't you take that extra time? Why didn't you take that extra time? The game clearly wasn't ready. But I notice a screen tear and frame rate in quality mode. You might not because quality mode's running at a lower frame rate. Yeah, it's running at a lower frame rate, Willie. So if you run it at quality mode, you probably won't notice any of the stuff I'm noticing. Excuse me, noticing. Right, because I mean, you're, th- th- then it's running at thirty. The, the I, I can't play games at thirty, so I would never do that, especially a game like that, where you're whipping the camera around and you're trying to like block blaster shots. Oh my gosh, it'd make me sick. Already not even close to the same thing. What do you mean? 
What do you mean not even close to the same thing? They launched a product that wasn't ready. Quality mode's almost perfect now. Yeah. If your T doesn't have the next frame for its fixed frame rate, it'll just pause the frame, giving you the tearing that you see. I didn't notice any screen tearing on my PS5 when playing Jedi Survivor. Frame drops, yes, but no tearing. Man, I, the, the frame, the, the screen tearing is so noticeable. I don't know how people aren't seeing it. I, I've been told that the planet that I'm on is the worst offender. I've been told that. So I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you zoomed through this planet that I'm on, like the bigger planet with the cantina, and then you go down underneath. That planet apparently is the worst offender because it's bad. Like, it's not even like I have to take it to a crazy area to test it. I took two steps, spun the camera, and it did it. And I was like, I just shut it off. Super irritating. I've had so many spoilers because, you know, it's it's from what I've heard, it's a great story. And as a fan of Star Wars and a fan of the first game, it's uniquely frustrating. I managed to play the first game and had no spoilers. I don't know how I managed to do that. So the big moments in Jedi Fallen Order, they were really big. They were really enjoyable. They were. I wonder if that's the difference between PC and console. I would bet most PC players would go for the maximum on their settings by default unless they recognize their rig is too weak and will compromise. Well... And maybe that can get us back on discussion here. I'm really curious, Valiant, how the PC community is going to respond to Starfield in that particular category, right? We're, we're, we're sort of in the dark on PC performance. Like, Starfield PC performance, we are, like, totally in the dark. We have no idea where this game's going to land, what it's going to require, Right? And if people on PC do that, they really want to push things up. They really want to make things look nice. That's the question. Will will they accept 30 FPS? Because it seems like you're going to have you're you're probably you're probably likely to have a 30 FPS experience on PC. The average gaming rig. If we if we look through, if we look through and look at the average gaming rig and look at the average power and strength that's out there then I don't have a whole lot of confidence that you're going to be getting like high levels of performance no matter where you play the game I can guarantee you there's going to be a mod within a week to fix performance on Starfield I I don't I don't again the modding community may respond to this game in a variety of ways because anything the modding community tries to fix Bethesda can come behind and undo all that hard work what if Bethesda has a patch a week or two in like I just I'm not sure I'm not tuned into the modding community but I could be convinced that the modding community is going to be like nah dude let's just wait anything we fix could get undone there's going to be you know day one week one week two patches I would imagine I don't think Bethesda is just going to sit by and not do anything how quickly was the modding community patching Fallout 4? Like, what was the timeline there? I'm unfamiliar. I'm genuinely asking. Like, what was the timeline there? Fallout 4 had a bunch of had a bunch of modding community support. Was it literally in the first week? 
Did they push out something week one to make Fallout 4 run better? Is is there is there a history to, to, to back that up there? What's more interesting to you, ship creation or base management? Ship creation. I'm way more interested in being like Captain Picard or Captain Pike or Captain Kirk. Like I I love that idea of of building out the the ship and hiring staff, right? I I I'm I'm all for that. That sounds awesome to me. The the challenge that I have with the challenge I have with base building is that doesn't feel as attached to me. Every every gamer is different. I'm talking from my own personal perspective. Building a base on some random planet doesn't feel attached to me. Now, if there's like the central hub planet and I can build a base somewhere out near that, I might consider it. But I love the idea of my ship is kind of where I live, if that makes sense. How do you feel if there's an FPS mod for console? It should have mod support on console, and that could lead to uncapped FPS mode on console. I mean, I don't know, Gilly. You'd have to think about the ramifications of what that's going to do to the entire game. If they push out a mod that lets people do that, is that going to have ramifications? Is that going to make things break and crash? Or is or is, or is Todd, you know, talking out of his rear end again? Wouldn't be the first time he told the public a bunch of nonsense that ended up not being true. Building a base is fun, but one, you need to be able to return to it easily, and two, the base needs to be a source for resources or currency somehow. Building it needs a payoff. Yeah, I don't do the sim game thing. I'm kind of with Eugene. There needs to be something functional about it. Like, do I return to it and and enhance it and make it better and upgrade it and then it's just giving me passive income I'm all about that dude if every once in a while I see my money going up cause my little my little base my little my little farm is just doing work I want that money do you want to know what I want that money for I want to make my ship bigger you know I want my enterprise to be growing and, and, and awesome Solemn says there's no way Bethesda allows modders to enable 60 FPS on console with mods they control all of them unlike PC I was getting ready to say that, Solemn. Don't you have to go through some kind of an approval process to get your mod in the game? Like, you can't put a mod in the game that says a bunch of horrible offensive things or puts a bunch of terrible things in the game. Like, they wouldn't approve that. You know what I mean? I'm 100% will bet you'll find somewhere that looks pretty and you'll make a base, if not for the views, but uh, for setting mining bases and resource generation. Right, I definitely could see myself doing that, Gilly, but he asked what I was more interested in. He wasn't saying, are you going to do one and not the other? He was saying, what are you more interested in? I'm, I'm, I'm way more interested in my ship customization. And if I build a farm, and I build a base, and I build an outpost, and I put some people there, and it pays me money, and I use that money to make my ship bigger and better and doper and all that, man, I'm all for it. I'm all for that. So I, it, it was just asking what my what what where I would lean, and I would certainly lean more heavily on ship customization than building a base, because building a base has this sort of it's almost like you're putting down roots, right? Like I, I'm coming back to this place. Like I like that, but at the same time, that's not really what I'm looking to get out of Starfield. What I want to get out of Starfield is Star Trek, 
or Han. Like I'm either Captain Picard or I'm Han Solo. I'm gonna you know pick between one of the two. That's that's kind of my my vision for what I would do in this game. As as opposed to let me make a let me make a base. Let me go back to this base. Let me you know let me kind of have roots planted. Not that I'm not gonna do that again, especially if it's especially if it's easy and it really helps. You do a five dollar super chat from Stephen Wade. You do realize that not a single trailer of Starfield looks good. The best that they've shown has frame drops or bu- and bugs. Not even Cyberpunk was like this. Um. I mean, I will readily acknowledge that the Starfield Direct impressed me, but then when I saw the breakdowns, sure, it's concerning. Sure. You know, it's an old build, it's an old build. Eh. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) I think a lot of that was recent footage. I think what we saw last time was an old build. I thought what we saw this time was closer to the final product. Your mod has to go through the Bethesda mod forums to get on console, but I don't remember any issues with Fallout or Skyrim for FPS mods, or even cheats. Just know no safe for work stuff or hateful stuff. I just think in the grand discussion, Gilly, it would be interesting, it would be interesting if they let you uncap the frames after all they've said. Does that make sense? After all they've said, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if they would say, "Oh yeah, that's fine. You can uncap the frames," especially if it breaks stuff. If you're you know if you're out here breaking the game and stuff's not working right, you're going to be doing a Deep Space Nine quark character arc. Yeah, in, in No Man's Sky, yeah, you claim a base, you build greenhouses, you build solar panels to power everything, and then harvest, craft, sell, repeat. Yeah, you can set up a really, really nice content loop in No Man's Sky if you want to kind of build a base and farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always found the modders, they always are one step ahead of the game companies. <clears throat> I think in general, the confidence in modders for Starfield at the moment, it just feels a little unfounded. I don't know if this is going to be as simple as, oh yeah, the modders figured out how to turn some things off and give you 60 FPS. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll figure out. They'll be like, oh yeah, right here. You can set draw distance. You can limit, you can limit, um... The number of uh, persistent items in a given area, so that way that's taking a load off of rendering. Like I don't know, I'm, I'm, brother, I'm not the expert, but you'd have to do a lot from from what we're gathering and the speculation and the conversation about the game. I think you'd have to do some pretty significant legwork, legwork to get 60 FPS out of this game on a console. You'd have to mess with the foundational aspects of the game. How far is it rendering? How far is it drawing? How like how many persistent items are in the area? I just I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as simple as just like turning the, turning it off. Being like, oh yeah, we uncapped it. 
Does that really matter if it's always in the 40s? From my experience, modding the game means you're agreeing to have stuff be broke. That's the risk you take. You don't have to mod it. But if you do, it's on you. I doubt you'll you'll just get a solid 60. Optimization mods are pretty common, but also pretty ugly. I think it's also a joke. You need to rely on mods to fix a game that the developer can't figure out. Well, Scott, I don't know if that framing is fair. You're you're arguing as if 60 FPS needs to be fixed. Bethesda would say this isn't a problem that needs to be fixed. It's how we designed the game. I think this keeps getting lost in the discussion. Bethesda made a choice very early on to fly so close to the sun that 60 FPS aspirations melted. Okay? That was a choice. The the whole conversation about, oh, consoles are going through a reset. We should just expect more 30 FPS games. Are, Are you listening to Todd? Are you listening to Phil Spencer? That's not what they're saying. These gentlemen are either just bald-faced lying to the public and saying, oh no, yeah, it's 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 not the power of the Xbox. It was a creative decision. If, if they're lying, we'll know it mm, in the next 18 months, I would imagine. We'll know it because we'll have games like Hellblade 2 in our hands. Like, We'll know if, oh yeah, that was clearly a creative decision from Starfield, right? The real, the real problem right now is the Xbox, the slowness to bring really big next-gen games to market is really making this conversation difficult. Think of it this way. Imagined, imagine with me that pound for pound... Xbox delivered games that were hitting at the performance and fidelity of Returnal, Ratchet, God of War Ragnarok, and Horizon Forbidden West. Those four. Let's even throw in Gran Turismo 7, because buddy, it looks nice, and it's got a 120 mode. Just imagine a universe where the Xbox Series X had four or five titles that were comparable to to all of those titles and their performance and their graphical fidelity. Like, look at Burning Shores and the praise that it's received for its its graphical fidelity, its lighting, how beautiful it is, and how it runs, okay? If the Series X had a bunch of games like that, this conversation would be totally different because people would be saying, this is clearly not indicative of the Series X's power. This is a decision that Starfield made. This is a Bethesda creative decision what the xbox fans and pundits and youtubers what they don't realize is they're conceding the absence of next gen power the absence of games that display the power of the series x they're conceding that when they're like oh yeah man it's just a sign of the times starfield is proof that these consoles are just not going to be giving a 60 like they promised what the frick are you talking about that's not demonstrable right now in the market at all. The only reason it's demonstrable on your ecosystem is because you have virtually no 
high fidelity next gen games on that platform. I'm trying to think of third party games. <laughs> Are there any third party games that have come out this generation? Third party multiplat games that have shown off performance? Because freaking Jedi Survivor is the only one I can think of. And that one's running like Garbo. I don't think so. I think that's the other problem. That's the other challenge. Gotham Knights. Plague Tale Requiem. They, they, you know, well, Plague Tale pushed out a 60 FPS mode. So I get, I've, I've not seen a breakdown of that. Has Digital Foundry done a breakdown of that? Has anybody done a breakdown of, of, of Plague Tale Requiem with its, with the 60 FPS mode? Yeah, Hogwarts. Well, Hogwarts wasn't really next gen though. Hogwarts is a cross gen game. They didn't really take Hogwarts to high levels of next gen graphical fidelity. It's a pretty game, but. Mm. Mm. Destiny runs 4K60. That's old old gen games on next gen game. Avium could be the first one. Street Fighter 6, that's probably a pretty good one, even though it's a fighting game. Street Fighter 6 shows off how pretty Xbox Series X can be, especially when you compare it against the S. Plague Tale 2 is uh, 60 on the Series S now. Dead Space Remake. I don't feel like Dead Space Remake really stretched to show next-gen graphical fidelity. It looked pretty, but I didn't see anything in that game that... If you really, really comb over that game's textures... mm -mm. No. Diablo 4 is hard because, again, it's top-down isometric dungeon crawler. It really doesn't show off graphical fidelity. Avowed? Deathloop? Again, art style makes it hard to claim it's showing off next-gen graphics. I'm talking about something that shows off high-level next-gen graphical fidelity while also giving you 60 FPS. Gran Turismo 7. The Burning Shores DLC. Yeah, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that's a good example. Okay, okay. So... There's an approximation of examples in the market to show consoles are not going back on the 60 FPS promise. Gotham Knights ran like crap everywhere. Plague Tale had performance issues everywhere. Redfall is quite literally one of the most anomalous games I've ever seen. They didn't even want to make the dadgum thing. I've I've never heard of anything like that. I've, I've never heard of a development company bringing something to market that they wished was canceled. Okay. So, we cannot act as if Gotham Knights and Plague Tale Requiem and Redfall are in indications of where the market's going, because those were bad games with respect to optimization and build quality. They were just bad games. There are plenty of other games. Resident Evil 4, Street Fighter 6, Jedi Survivor has performance issues, but it's a next-gen only game that's hitting 60 FPS. It needed, it needed time to cook. As far as we can tell, that game's going to get patched and finally get to the place where it performs well. We hope. And then, if you look at all of the first-party PlayStation titles, it's kind of a wrap. It's like, I don't think you can demonstrate this in the market right now. I don't think you can. 
Yeah, the Tlu remake, exactly. There are plenty of games right now that show off next-gen graphical fidelity and they hit 60 FPS. Halo Infinite wasn't a next-gen game, though. They didn't do anything in that game that was next-gen. It was a cross-gen game. Like, cross-gen games can show off next-gen graphical fidelity. Horizon Forbidden West, as an example, was a cross-gen game, and they threw in cinematic lighting in the entire game, performance mode. The, the, The graphics on the PS5 were far superior to what you saw on the PS4. Halo Infinite didn't do any of that. It didn't even set out to do that. That's totally fine. I don't think Halo Infinite needs to be held to that standard because that's not how they promoted that game. It wasn't meant to be some crazy, you know, next-gen graphical tour de force. That's That wasn't the point of Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo Infinite's not first party after all. <laughs> Of all the clips to throw in my face, I, I that one I, that one's fine, right? There are people with far less, far worse clips fl- floating around of them saying truly terrible things. Like that one, I'll take it. That's fine. You can throw that clip in my face. That's fine. <laughs> Halo Infinite's not first party after all. <laughs> That's what I get for preloading sentences, reading monologues, and teleprompters. Hmm. I'm trying to get away from so much reading during the monologues, but it's very tough. Are we just assuming there'll be a Starfield mod creation toolkit, or is it confirmed somewhere there'll be a toolkit exists? I don't know. Do we know timeline? Todd Howard confirmed. Todd Howard confirmed that mod support would be there. I don't know if he said like day one, but yeah. I think that mistake is going to cost you re-election, Lono. Just being honest. I, for one, am going to vote in Madam as your new cult leader. As our new cult leader. That's right. Halo doesn't even have previous-gen features like split-screen. <laughs> Insomniac put in 60 FPS with ray tracing in Spidey 1, but it's a last-gen game. Well, as maybe like a final a final thought here for discussion, because we have 27 out of 50 over here, guys. I owe you five members. We'll go to a members-only debrief probably in the next 20 minutes or so. So if you want to become a member, now's a good time. If you want to gift members, do a final run to 50. That's a great thing. I'll owe you more members. We'll bring more people with us. But consider something with me. There is... There is a significant shift in Microsoft marketing, and it has shifted fully away from power. No mention of power. I told everybody ahead of the Xbox Game Showcase, they're not going to focus on power. And I, you, I don't think you could argue that, that I wasn't soundly proven right. That was not the focus at all. Okay? That was not the focus at all of the Xbox Game Showcase. And their one more thing was the Series S. Now, I have a planned talk show and discussion. We're going to have to talk about all this stuff that's coming out about the Series S and what John Linneman said over there at Digital Foundry about what they were told when they first got introduced to the Series S in March of 2020. It is, it is alarming in light of how the Series X was marketed. 
But if you look at the way the Series X was marketed, and you look at the focus on FPS boost, and you look at the focus on power, that has evaporated into thin air. They, they don't talk about FPS boost. They've not mentioned FPS boost in, what, well over a year. No mention of it. No blog post. No updates. No new titles getting it. They've just stopped focusing on that. Do you wonder why? I mean, part of me thinks, just theory crafting, does Microsoft know? Do they anticipate this being an issue going forward for their architecture? Do they? You go back and you read these early interviews about RDNA 2 and, oh, it's going to be stronger than a PS5. Where is that at all at this point? Where's the mention of that? All that peacocking about power, all that strutting about RDNA and being stronger than the PS5, there isn't a whisper of that anymore. Why? If the Series X is so strong, why wouldn't you be talking about that? Why wouldn't you be adding more FPS boost to games? Why wouldn't you be talking about power? Why wouldn't you be showcasing these games and how amazing they're going to be and how strong they're going to be? Why? Why'd you move away from that? It, 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 it feels like all those architecture promises have folded in on themselves. Now, Steven is bringing something up that could be playing a role. The Series S sales are so good. Do you ever wonder why they're so good? You ever wonder why? They made more of them. They made more of them. Now, was that a response to demand? Or was that manufactured? That's a question for another day. That's a question for when we talk about Series X, Series S. When I look at Starfield, and everybody's all like, oh, this is a creative decision, this is a creative decision. I was like, okay. All right. We'll see. We we, we will see. (laughs) The backwards compatibility program stopped at 2021. No more games to boost now. Can't sell high frames as a premium feature, and then also say you don't need frames for a premium experience. Right, Zubair. Right. The whole... The whole thing shifted, it feels like. Is there any more titles for them to be able to bring to FPS boost? There's already so many games with it. There might not be any left to give the boost to. I mean, I'll accept that as fair pushback. I'll accept that as fair pushback. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, they, they don't, they don't really have any titles left to promote it. Sure, 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 sure. But if you combine it with all the other observations about, like, they just don't talk about power anymore. There's, there, there's like no mention of it. You would still list that as a check mark on your marketing. Yeah, it would be something mentioned somewhere. Right? At least. Again, I'm just this is my opinion. And I'm I'm I am not at all saying that, that there's a problem with the Series X. 
but I could have sworn they pushed it is a PS5 only I'm not sure what you're talking about We are also allowed minority. The average gamer doesn't care about frames. My younger cousins don't talk about 30 versus 60. Dex, I'm going to respond to that in a couple of ways. Number one, if you look at the most popular games right now on the Xbox, if you go to their chart, or I'm sorry, their landing page about most played games, the top 15 most played games are all 60 FPS games. Fortnite got 60 FPS on old gen consoles. The rising tide of player expectations is an organic thing. It simply has happened. And I'm telling you right now, I I don't see a bunch of people who have grown accustomed to 60 FPS booting up Starfield and not having some type of a response. Like, looks it looks kind of blurry. It looks like it's stuttering. I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying what percentage of people will notice and will they notice enough to say this is a Game Pass game. I know something's wrong. I'm not playing this. Yeah, are they going to claim like what Zubair is saying? Are they going to call it blurry and fuzzy? That doesn't look very crisp. It wouldn't surprise me at all if people misattribute it. They're like, this doesn't seem like it's running at high resolution. Why? Well, it's not very crisp. No one cares about Fort Trash. You're right. You're right. One of the most popular games in the world. Sure, nobody cares about it. You're right. One of the most played games on 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 the Xbox and the PlayStation 5. Nobody cares about it. Sure. Call of Duty's in a similar category. People are playing Call of Duty and Call of Duty Warzone on consoles at 60 FPS. Another very popular game where you're holding a gun and you're running around. I, to, to act as if people won't notice I don't know think about the number of people who buy a TV and leave on motion smoothing even though it ruins the image most buyers don't know or care Dex that is a completely and leg, that's completely legitimate and fair pushback that a lot of consumers don't check any of this stuff they just boot up and play when I got a TV from Costco I got a second TV so my wife and I could play games like Returnal together with individual PS5s on, e- on each television. When I did that, the, the HDMI cable that the television came with was so bad, I was like, something's wrong. I was like, Returnal doesn't look right. And I swapped out the cable and it looked like a different game. There were features on the television that weren't even available with the box cable that it came with. It literally came with a cable that it, when you used it, I didn't even have all of the features. So that's fair pushback, Dex, that a lot of consumers will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, it looks fine to me. The other fair pushback is a lot of the Xbox consumer base is on the Series S. And the Series S is certainly not pushing fidelity and performance. So a lot of those consumers are going to be like, Starfield looks amazing. If Starfield can win Game of the Year, then so can Redfall? No. No. that I don't think those are equal. 
I gotta schedule the, uh, we're gonna use an old thumbnail just so that it looks different. Um, sadly, I don't have a, wait, can we go another 20? Yeah, we can go another 20. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Bert, the thing you have to understand is just because you don't like Fortnite doesn't make it bad. Just because you don't like Fortnite doesn't mean it's a bad game. Just because you don't like Fortnite doesn't mean it hasn't had an impact on the gaming populace. To pretend like Fortnite hasn't had an impact is... it's, It's hard to respect a position that's being willfully ignorant, but it's an ignorant position. It's ignorant. Does that make sense? Like, you you can't act like, you cannot act like Fortnite's not had an impact on the market and what people expect from games. I'm so glad I haven't gotten used to 60, says Whiskey Neat. I think I'll get used to 60 when games start coming out at 120. That way I'll never be uh, disappointed. I mean, it's not a bad strategy, Whiskey Neat. It isn't. Because listen, I remember... I remember specifically being used to 30 FPS and it not bothering me. I was like, I don't, I remember people telling me that they're like, I don't know how you can play this game at 30. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It looks fine to me. I'd played destiny for years at 30 and I did not understand what everybody was talking about. It made, it made no sense to me at all. Why people were being, you know, so dismissive of, of 30. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. And then I spent about a month, I spent about one month playing the uh, Fortnite on PC. I had a new PC and I played Fortnite and Destiny 2 on PC. And when I went back to 30, it was absolutely painful. I remember playing Spider-Man on my PS4 Pro and God of War 2018 and I would end those streams and I would be like, man, I have a headache. I'd have like this very faint headache right here on the sides. And as soon as I stopped playing those games, it went away. I was worried that I was like, you know, I don't know, getting eye strain from my monitors or the lights or something. What new ideas is Starfield doing? Tears of the Kingdom gives you dev tools. I mean, as far as, as far as what Starfield's doing, Tarfari, what new ideas I think it's fair to say, I think Eugene said this, that a lot of what you can do in Tears of the Kingdom is in other games. There are plenty of sandbox sim building games that let you do a lot of what's in Zelda. The reason that Tears of the Kingdom got so much praise is they pulled it all together in such a creative and great way. I'm going to say the same thing for Starfield. A lot of what we see in Starfield is in other games. Gun customization, skill trees, shooting, things like that. But they're bringing it all together in a very ambitious space exploration sim RPG that makes me want to play it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it's fair to look at Tears of the Kingdom and be like, oh, there's, 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 they're, they're, they're giving you dev tools. What are these games doing? I mean, I, a lot of what is in Tears of the Kingdom you can play in other games. But the way that they do it in Tears of the Kingdom is so creative and so charming. DK Beggar with another gifted membership. 
Look, somebody push this thing to 30. Slow walk this thing to 30 and see if one of these big boys will drop a 20 bomb. Get it, get us to 30. Get the layup. Let's get two more. Hey, Lono. You do not have to talk about this, but did you see Astacross's monetization video he put out yesterday? What do you think? What do you think, Trunks? Imagine you're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and there's a bunch of money on the line. Who wants to be a millionaire? You think Lono has watched the latest video from Astacross about modernization in Destiny 2? Lock in your answer. Now, what, what are you picking? What are you picking? For all that moolah. Can I call a friend? Yeah, maybe an ambulance. (laughs) Maybe call an ambulance. Any luck on that emote stuff from last night? No, he hasn't replied. It's hard. It's 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 hard to think. Number one, I know the emote artist that designed Lono Bake with Deadpool and the chef's hat. I know for a fact David would never sell that emote to another person. That guy just saw it and took it. So, did he do it knowing that he was taking somebody else's emote? It's extremely hard to give someone the benefit of the doubt. It's really, really hard. It's like, that's an emote that you saw being used and you just took it. Like, where did you see that image? That image isn't floating around somewhere as like a, as like a meme. Like, you saw an emote being used and you took it. Right, searching for it on Google, couldn't get it to pop up. Yeah, I think people do that because they typically get away with it. Emote theft happened all the time on purple. People did it all of the time. So, people just respect your opinion on the subject and genuinely want to know how you feel. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all forget. Some of y'all forget how far we've come. Like, Emote stuff talk about in members. Yeah, I, we can we can talk about it in members only. We can talk about members. Guys, we're gonna go to members only debrief in about 15 minutes. So if you guys want to become a member or give some more members, do a little member train to pull some people with us. Uh try and hit that 50. You can do that. You got about 15 minutes to do so. I'll give you some of the skinny on some of the stuff that's been going on. You guys can do it, you know, it's a little bit more of an AMA. Game of the year might come down to bug count. Starfield going to be great, but buggy. Yeah, Tarfari, if you go back and watch my show opening monologue, basically what I said was there are two hurdles that you have to jump over. Two. If Starfield can jump over 30 FPS, if the gaming populace at large overlooks it, my argument is I think that's going to be a tough hurdle to jump over because I think there's a growing amount of people in the gaming sphere that will not overlook it. They're going to install this game on Game Pass. They're going to say it looks blurry and they're going to stop playing. Are there enough of those people 
to sway opinion and to sway what people think and how it scores and and what about Steam, right? If this game struggles to perform consistently, are our Steam users going to be refunding it and giving it low scores, right? That's going to be a hurdle that they have to jump over. I I don't know if they can jump over that hurdle. I don't know if in 2023 people are going to be accepting of 30 FPS. And the second hurdle they have to jump over like picture in your mind like the game like barely jumps over this one hurdle or like whoo we barely got over that one the next one that bam can come and hit them in the forehead is performance and bugs like if you can get this game to run solid at 30 and you get enough of the gaming populace to overlook it and heap praise on the game in both console and PC land okay but it has performance problems endemic to the game. If it's dropping frames, if there's bugs, if there's glitches, if there's crashes, if that hurdle is not jumped over, you will not get game of the year. You shouldn't get game of the year. That's fundamentally my argument. This game is so massive and has so much potential. I I see it winning game of the year if it can get over these two hurdles. If it can't get over these two hurdles... No way. I would say it shouldn't even get a nomination. You, you shouldn't be getting nomination for a game if like, if it can't get past just good performance and bug expectations. What if the story is meh? Well, that's I don't that's that's like neither here nor there. I don't think those things are as important in this discussion for Starfield as a game. Eleven months from the doctor's office as a member from the Starfield gameplay that's been shown, it does look promising. It boils down to if the frame rate can keep up with the style of play and the bugs. I don't think it needs to be a award-winning story to get Game of the Year. It's not that kind of game in my mind. Right. If like, that's why I think Final Fantasy 16 is going to be up on the podium, I'd be claiming that so fast. Yeah, it's really difficult to claim emote usage, though, Eugene. Like, I don't want to start slamming some guy's thumbnails in his account. He, I DM'd him on Twitter, and he hasn't even seen it. So I may have to shoot him an email because he may have his DM set up in a way where. He'll never see my DM. It's it, it goes into like a request queue and he'll never see it. So I'll send him an email, and if he doesn't respond to that, then you know, I'll have to take different different routes to be like, Bro, that's not yours. You can't use that. I paid for that. I can show you the receipts. PS5 games look blurry and muddy compared to PC versions of the same games. That simply isn't true. That simply isn't true. No. Spider-Man Remastered, Spider-Man Miles Morales, God of War 2018. None of those games look blurry and muddy compared to PC. That's false. Those games run perfectly fine on the PS5. Blurry and muddy is when a game isn't running well or smooth or at consistent frame. Like, if you're running below 60 or you're having frame drops, stutters, and tears, and things like that, that's when a game looks blurry and muddy. 
there's not a single Sony game right now that when it went to PC is like vastly outperforming the PS5. Now you could look at a monster rig running Spider-Man Remastered with the ray tracing and everything turned all the way up and you could say it looks better, but you wouldn't say, oh, it looks blurry and muddy as by comparison. That's not true. Look at any of the tech breakdowns of those games running on the PS5. That, that's just simply false. Blurry and muddy has nothing to do with frame rate. It has to do with resolution. Again, false. That's that's not true. Blurry is... Oh my gosh. We're in like the witching hour of the stream. Can we bait Lono to, to go long? No. The word blurry or muddy or fuzzy, these are commonly used words when a game is hitting low frame rate because that's quite literally what happens. There's a blurring effect. There's a, there's a smudgy, muddy effect when low frame rates happen. It's not just restricted to resolution. Oh, it's 4K. Crisp as can be. How would you describe it when you turn the camera and it's between 20 and 30 FPS? Um, it, look, it looks what? It looks blurry. It looks muddy. It looks fuzzy. Hey... My man. My man. Frazier's back. He's back. <laughs> Sending me thumbs. Give me a second. Let me update that thumb. I was using the old thumb because I just wanted to say Starveal. Yeah, by the way, Alapark, if you are in a stream on Twitch and you see somebody using an emote that's not theirs, I'm fairly certain there's a way to, re- a way, a way to report that. I, I don't know. That's not, that's, you don't have to do that in every situation, but you're allowed, I believe you're allowed to do that. Or motion blur is on. Like, motion blur <laughs> is literally used in instances of low frame rate to smooth it out they're blurring the motion <laughs> it's that's literally the word they use motion blur it's blurry it's fuzzy you guys have eight minutes if i'm, I'm gonna give you the eight minutes we're gonna go at 12 30 to members you have eight minutes to grab some more members Give some more members. If you want to come with us, the debriefs are fun. They're a little bit more unfiltered. They're a little bit more uh, off the cuff. It can be a little bit more AMA and personal. So if you want to come with us, consider hitting the join button. Click that dollar sign at the bottom of the chat. Also, can I get 30 more likes on this video? Give me to 500 likes. That would be phenomenal. We should easily have 500 likes with the turnout that we got today. No, that's not true. A blurry image is also caused by upscaling from lower resolution. Right, Spriggan, I was pushing back on a false dichotomy. The false dichotomy I was pushing back on was, no, 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 no. Blurriness and fuzziness is not caused by frame rate. It's caused by resolution. That's a false dichotomy. Both resolution and frame rate can cause a blurring effect. You, I believe it was you, Spriggan, as well as Doom, 
you guys were pushing out a false binary both of those things contribute to blurriness and fuzziness Lono thinks there's only one type of motion blur no I don't what is happening low frame rate causes blurriness and fuzziness come on don't be that way. You're not just being pedantic. You're being ridiculous. And low resolution can also cause a blurriness and fuzziness. They both can. I usually turn off motion blur, but it does look good in Doom games. It has a good blur technique, and I noticed that translation in what Bethesda learned from id. Upscaling in Photoshop JPEG image... Uh, front upscale in 3D 512 why do you always talk like that I swear I swear somebody's trying to program a bot to talk in YouTube chat every time you type there wasn't blurriness and fuzziness in older games though there was but we didn't notice it what do you mean there wasn't blurriness and fuzziness in older games? Okay, Cliffo, go play them. And how do you think people would describe them? Go turn on an Xbox One if you've still got one and hook it up to your TV and play an old game. Go play Destiny 1. And how are you going to describe it? Are you going to say, see, old games aren't blurry and fuzzy? you would say golly this is blurry and fuzzy I don't know how I ever played this your eyes have adjusted your brain has adjusted okay you're right but different kinds of blur is caused by different causes what What? <laughs> I'll put my head down on the desk. <laughs> that <laughs> different kinds of blur are caused by different causes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You stunlocked the streamer. Lono just said that? Yes! That's what I was saying! You're you're it's a false binary, it's a false dichotomy. You're just confirming what I was saying. That resolution can cause blurriness, but so can low frame rate. I the entire reason we're having this discussion is because you trotted out, uh, trotted out a false binary of blurriness is not caused by frame rate, it's caused by resolution. And I was like, huh? What did you just say? If games were blurry and fuzzy, no one would play them. Non sequitur. I know the confusion. Low FPS blurriness is only when you are in motion. I think Lono dropped frames. (laughs) 
Can we watch Digital Foundry's Forza Horizon 4 video and members maybe? I'm so tired. Ugh. Blue Accent Gaming says, guys, guys, I love the discussion, but uh, your boy needs a badge. <laughs> Can somebody gift a member? Here, I owe. Here, here, here. Hang on. I, I owe... I owe five anyway. Let me see if I can get you with my first five. If they get it to 50, I'll owe another five. Gifteds have slowed down a little bit. They've slowed down a little bit. We got to have some incentive. Let me try and poke it for you. All right? Giggity. Here we go. I respect the transparency. He's like, yo, listen, listen, listen. He's like, I'm going to let you finish, but uh, homie needs a badge, okay? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let y'all fish. Yes! He's the first one! Blue Accent Gaming is the first one, dude. <laughs> Let's get the frick out of here, bro. You guys watching on Kick, you're gonna have to come over and become a member. It's five bucks. Most of y'all are double dipping, so head on over. I'm gonna end the Kick stream. Coming over to YouTube. Hey, Kvac says we can do it. Kvac says we can do it. Somebody do the layup. Come on. Somebody do one more, hit 30, and let somebody dunk it home with a 20 bomb. Come on, let's bring a bunch of these people with us. They stayed all the way to the end listening to stuff like there's different blurs that are caused by different causes. <laughs> they they had to hear me read that out loud, okay? Give some members. Give some members for the homies. They're still here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey man I know I said this thing that isn't true and it sent us down this rabbit trail I'm just going to restate what you said in opposition to my original statement to make it seem like you know I somehow won the argument (laughs) (laughs) I've never been in an argument that was more bewildering it was like you just said back to me what I said in in debate with your point like what (laughs) oh oh my gosh can we get five more likes on the video let's get 500 likes and get the let's get the frick out of here I don't think we're hitting 50 today boys it's not happening for those of you that didn't get a gifted you got to come back tomorrow, all right? You got to come back. Oh, no, Patrick's going to tempt somebody. Patrick's tempting fate. Patrick's like, come on. He lays it up. 30 out of 50. That's so tempting for some of the big... Yo, Kyle is going to do half of it. Kyle's going to do half of it. He says, I'll do a little little teeny second layup to 40 out of 50. I will owe you guys five of you at 50. You guys keep doing this. This is going to be like the third day in a row with the buzzer beater. We need another 10 bomb. Somebody tag team with Kyle. Slam it home, and then let's get the frick out of here, all right? How how are we on time? Are we close to three hours? Oh, golly, we got to go. We got to go. Hang on. We have got to go. I don't like these streams getting longer than three hours. I have one minute. He only owes us five. I already did five. I would owe you five more if you hit 50. I'd owe you five more. You guys are running out of time. You're running out of time. You don't even, you have barely a minute. 
Somebody's hitting the dunk. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you like 30 seconds and I'm getting out of here because I don't, I, don't like, uh, I don't like the streams going longer than three hours. Kobe in the fourth piece. If you guys hung out today, you're the absolute best. Thanks for slamming home the like button. Uh, there it is. Kyle does it again. All right, hang on. All right, I'm going to start it. I'll do it at the end. Thanks so much for being a member. We had a scramble at the end to hit 50 members, so you may have gotten a gifted member. If you saw this in your feed, we debrief every day with members. We also hang out on Friday nights with my wife and play games and have great conversations, so make sure you are subscribed to the channel with the like button pressed, with the bell button pressed. Make sure you're in the Discord. The Discord link is below in the description of all of my videos, and I owe people five more at the buzzer of the last stream, and then I'm going to end the last stream. We talked about why I think Starfield could win Game of the Year. If you missed that stream, you can go watch that past broadcast and leave a nice comment. I'm going to end that stream and bring everybody over. We did a little member scroll.